1029 and 750 in your program and number one on your preset. Portland's home of the Oregon Ducks. 1029 and 750 the game. 503 417 Ducks going with Mario Cristobal. Judah Nuba here with you. Want your thoughts? Call in 503-417-7575. Of course, you can also tweet at 1029 the game as well. Willie Taggart era is a one and done, but the legacy of the area will continue in the form of Mario Cristobal. Aaron Fentress of NBC Sports Northwest was the first with this report. It is starting to be big be picked up around social media as well and Mario Cristobal will be the new full-time head coach of Oregon Duck football. Cristobal 47 years old. He does have head coaching experience with Florida International University where he coached from 2007 through 2012. He was an assistant under Nick Saban and Tuscaloosa coordinating the run game with the Crimson Tide for quite some time and then of course was brought to Eugene as an assistant for Willie Taggart. He was the co-offensive coordinator. He was the offensive line coach. Taggart leaves. Crystal Ball gets the interim tag. And here we are just about three days later, and Crystal Ball will be the full-time head coach of Oregon Duck football. 102.9 here and 7.50 the game. You can call in with your thoughts at 503-417-7575. I like it. I was here on Tuesday hosting uh, after Taggart's departure and said that Cristobal was my choice. He, I, I was the most bullish on him of all the other candidates because of his recruiting abilities. And with the early signing day coming up on December 20th, it is imperative to have someone with current and active relationships with the recruits that Willie Taggart and his assistants started to put together. And to be able to salvage something out of this class that was previously number one in the country. And that was set up to be a top 10 class. And then Taggart leaves. And now there's this whole layer of, of skepticism and worry around what kind of recruiting class the Ducks could be able to land for 2018. And now with the crystal ball hire, it looks like the Ducks are going to be in a pretty decent position to be able to keep around a good part of those commitments. The exact number, I'm not so sure, but we'll be bringing on uh, other media members with their reaction to this. And, of course, John Canzano will be here with Bald Face Truth noon to 3 p.m. as well. But first, taking your phone calls and reaction to Mario Cristobal being the new head coach of Oregon Duck football, live and local programming right here on the game. Randy's out in Salem. What's up, Randy? Hey, good morning. I This is the hire that I wanted from the day Taggart left. I've talked to... Um, Mario Cristobal twice, and the guy just is captivating. And I can see why all the recruits love him and all the players love him. The guy is just nailed. So very happy, very happy indeed. Appreciate that phone call, Randy. Uh, 503-417-7575. Yeah, I like it too. Um, yeah, on, on Tuesday, I wasn't fully bought into anybody because – Nothing really seemed to fit. Uh, the Kevin Sumlin rumors that were going out there, and he was a confirmed candidate for the position. I understood that because he's a great recruiter at Texas A&M, but he struggled with talent developing, especially at the quarterback position. He had uh, anything post-Johnny Manziel was a talented player that walked out the door. Kenny Hill was a great player. He transferred. Kyler Murray was a five-star guy, and he transferred. As did Kyle Allen, a five-star guy, and he transferred. And Oregon Duck fans have been clamoring for someone that can develop at the quarterback position. Kevin Sumlin couldn't develop talent very well at any position. He could recruit well, but he couldn't develop well. So that had to have been a drawback with him, I would think. As for Cristobal, you know, this is going to be interesting because 
He started well as a head coach at Florida International, and this is FIU. I mean, this, this is pretty small potatoes, as small potatoes as you can get for a Division One program. But he started well with FIU, and ultimately his success petered out in the end. Um, not a great head coaching record. Um, Jim Levitt had a much better head coaching record when he was at USF. But Cristobal undoubtedly, I would imagine, learned from that experience and to be able to take his recruiting abilities and to coach under Nick Saban for three years. I mean, that, that that's irreplaceable stuff to be able to be on the same staff as Nick Saban. Uh, Saban, who's had other guys get Power 5 jobs, specifically in the SEC. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, most recently, the Bama defensive coordinator, gets the job at Tennessee. Kirby Smart got the job at Georgia. Will Muschamp got the job at South Carolina. I mean, so many Nick Saban disciples. Jimbo Fisher, take another one. He got the job at FSU, and now, of course, in the SEC West at Florida State. And now here is another Saban disciple in Mario Cristobal getting the job outside of the SEC now with the Oregon Ducks here in the Pac-12. But we want your thoughts at 503-417-7575 and your reaction to Mario Cristobal being named, per reports, the uh, next head coach of Oregon Duck football. Aaron Fentress of NBC Sports Northwest was first with that. Undoubtedly, it comes with uh, good recruiting ramifications as the early signing period will open in 12 days' time. We're going out to Vancouver now, and that's where Trent is. What's up, Trent? Um, I'm not too happy with this hire if I'm a Duck fan, which I'm not. I feel like, you know, he was at Alabama with Saban. Lane Kiffin left. He could have easily been promoted to offensive coordinator, but he got passed over for Sark. That's part of the reason why he left Alabama. I feel like, you know, Saban's one of the best minds in football, and if he really was that good a coach, he would have kept him in Alabama instead of letting him leave to Oregon. You know, as far as the recruiting goes, yeah, it sounds like he's doing a great job and he's going to get most of those players to stay. But that scares me a little, and I'll take it off the air. Thanks. That's an interesting take, Trent, and uh, one that I haven't heard before. But the fact that Saban did go to Steve Sarkeesian for that one game in the uh, or for the college football playoff national title game after Lane Kiffin left – that's interesting, considering that uh, Mario Cristobal was also on that staff. More of your thoughts at 503-417-7575. Bobby Bean's here with me. What's up, Bobby? What was your thoughts on the Cristobal hire? Fantastic hire. He was my number one choice as well. I, I said it when uh, Taggart was leaving. I, if you've ever met Cristobal, you know, one thing about being an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, or head coach, totally different positions, and you meet Cristobal, first thing you get, this guy's charismatic. This guy knows how to run a team. I'm telling you, he's going to step right in there and do a good job for the Oregon Ducks. Great fit. Um, I, I couldn't be better. I mean, my, my two guys were the two guys you mentioned. I think, Sumlin, you, you're right in the, in the fact that his development of players is kind of lacking, especially he was a top-10 recruiter for, for every year that he was at A&M, and he seemed to not get over that 8-4 and four hump. So, yeah. um, th- And that's a tough thing to swallow, but you're in the SEC West, so – uh, I, yeah, I, I couldn't understand why he couldn't get over that with that kind of recruiting class. Yeah, and uh, this is a guy that played football, college football at University of Miami. Andrew Greif had a story earlier this year that uh, Cristobal was linked to the U.S. Uh, Secret Service, ultimately turned down <laughs> a chance to have a career in the Secret Service, goes into college football coaching, obviously the head coach at FIU, the assistant at Bama, the uh, assistant here at Oregon, interim coach and now full-time head coach. Did you have another candidate that you were you know, backing besides Cristobal, maybe your 1A, 1B, or even a second in line? <sighs> Levitt was my 1B. 
Yeah, there you go. Okay. And That's, those are two one good, two but, good. But yeah. It was swapping between Levitt and Sumlin. Cristobal was my leader in the clubhouse. Sumlin I liked because of his recruiting ability, and I figured just with a better assistant staff, maybe the development of talent would be better for Sumlin at Oregon than it would be at Texas A&M. But I just associate Sumlin with underachieving. That's what I associate him with, and it was hard for me to get over that. The UCLA game from earlier this year in Week 1, it was hard for me to get over that. I mean, for, for a Duck fan base that criticized Willie Taggart for his inability to make in-game adjustments, I mean, did you see Kevin Sumlin coach against UCLA and blow a four-touchdown yeah. lead? Um, no, I know he had a backup quarterback after his starting quarterback got hurt, but still, I mean, that, that's a tough thing for me to get over. So, yeah, crystal ball for me. And then you can't forget that this is an historic recruiting class, or at least it was an historic recruiting class in 2018 for the Ducks. And crystal ball has been a great recruiter from the day that he, you know, stepped on a college football campus. So you can't discount that fact. I'm sure that added to the urgency for Rob Mullins uh, for, for conducting this search. And I'm sure it factored in. I mean, 2018 is such an important one to keep this recruiting class together. Uh, Tim is out in Portland. What's up, Tim? All right, man. What I got is that I'm from down south and, um, the only thing that the only thing that Cristobal is going to be able to do, is, I think it's going to get us over the hump. So he can recruit some big fellas in the middle and some um, athletes. You know what I'm saying? Potentially yes. from down south. You get what I'm saying? Yes, big time. He's got the Miami you know? ties. He's got the Bama ties, and he's a run game coordinator. And look how well the offensive line performed this year when it was healthy. I mean, it was the best singular unit, not named Justin Herbert, um, that that this Ducks team offered. I mean, it was it performed at such a high level, Tim. I compl- I couldn't agree with you more. And when hey, you, you remember, heard, yeah, go I'm ahead. Go you ahead. remember um, a couple years ago when we played against Auburn and oh. Nick Fairley was body slamming people? I uh, I do remember that. I've tried to. Erase that from my memory. I, I try to I try to forget it too, but grits and biscuits is what we need, and that's what we'll get with Crystal Ball from down south. That's all I got. Peace, Tim. Love that. Grits and biscuits is all we need, and that's what we got with Crystal Ball <laughs> recruiting down south. Do you agree with Tim? Feel free to call in at 503-417-7575. Again, this is local breaking news that Mario Crystal Ball will be the next head coach of Oregon Duck football. First reported by Aaron Fentress of NBC Sports Northwest. Since also confirmed by the Oregonian and Oregon Live. Um, so, yeah, this is making its way around. It's going to be hashtag Christo Ballin. Is it, <laughs> is it Christo Ballin or Christo Ball in? Like, it, uh, like it, it's that playoff yeah. of all in. Yeah. I understand that. But Christo Ballin sounds I like, pretty badass. That sounds like, a lot better. <laughs> there's a there's a rap song in there some somewhere for someone to make. It's got to be Krista Ballin. I mean, come on, that, that's got to be a thing. What do you soon. think? Um, the conversation because I think Oregon fans, the first thing that they're thinking of is that he's from Miami. Who else was from Florida that is not there after one year? And what kind of conversation do you think Mullen and him had? And what kind of deal do you think? I mean, you think Cristobal is a, a Long-term guy, a short-term guy, what do you think? Uh, I think he's a long-term guy, at least in the sense of, like, four years. Okay. Um, there's got to be a massive buyout on the coaches. Oh, my one. goodness. I mean, like, like exceptionally, <laughs> exceptionally massive. Um, something that's extremely prohibitive for Mario Cristobal <laughs> to take any job. If there's not, if we look in the contract and there is no explicit language that has a prohibitive clause of, of Cristobal taking another job without a significant buyout, 
Uh, that's trouble, I think, for Rob Mullins. But, again, I, I, I don't see uh, – given the context of where we are this week, there is no way. <laughs> there is no way on God's green earth that Mario Cristobal took this full-time job without a massive buyout on his end should he take a job elsewhere. One of the things that they said – or that uh, John Canzano uh, said on the Ball Face Truth yesterday, he talked to Cristobal and said he thinks he can get mo- keep most of the recruiting class. Yeah. And that's big. That w- And that's huge. That's exactly right. Because 2018, the hashtag movement, or what used to be the movement, I'm not sure what Crystal Ball wants to term it now, this is an historic year. I mean, it really it's, it's an exceptional recruiting class. You can't discount that. This is no ordinary recruiting class. And so with that in mind, that does need to affect your hire for this upcoming football season. So, uh, yeah, and with early signing – period opening in what 12 days now December 20th and the bowl game coming up in just over a week it's a week from tomorrow yeah crystal ball to me that that if if it didn't require a sensitive timeline and if it didn't and if say this was last year where the recruit or a couple years ago where the recruiting period was in February or that's where signing day was I'm not sure if crystal ball would be the guy that's interesting but I think the timeline certainly added the, the early signing period being this year, and with the bowl game coming up, I think that certainly was factors in Cristobal's favor. So, honestly, timing is everything. Uh, let's go out to Edward in Portland. What's up, Edward? Hey, I just want to say uh, the Cristobal hire, love it. Yes. Um, the fact that the players fought for him, you know, signed a position, and he speaks volumes. But I want to point out the year that he got fired at FIU, the year they say he regressed, I mean, he had all the star players injured. It's kind of hard to win games, especially when he only lost them by one score for five games. Kind of hard to win games when your star players are injured, so it's not like he's a bad coach. Right. Yeah, that's true. But then again, I mean, he did coach there six years and had two winning seasons in the six years, so it can't just be injuries, right? That's correct. I mean, but he, he started progressing at the end of it. So, I mean, he started out, but now he's progressing, mm-hmm. had one bad year, and they kicked him out. Yep, yep. I like it. Thanks for the phone call, Edward. Join the show, 503-417-7575. Continuing to cover the breaking news that Mario Cristobal is the new head coach of Oregon Duck football, replacing Willie Taggart. Looks like the Taggart era will have a lasting legacy after all. And by the way, with this Cristobal hiring, that means every vacant position in a Power 5 conference school has now been filled. They're crystal balling in Eugene. Your reaction, 503-417-7575. Want your reaction and tweet us at 1029. The game will get those tweets read on the air. Just getting started. Live and local programming here, 9 to noon, leading up into the Bald Face Truth with John Kidzano. Mario Cristobal, the new head coach of Oregon football. It's me, Jim Rome. Let's talk Portland weekday mornings at 9 on 1029 and 750 The Game. Crystal Ball and in Eugene, 503-417-7575. Covering the breaking news this morning, Mario Crystal Ball, the next head coach of Oregon Duck football. Do you like it? Do you not like it? 
Are you kind of in sit there and wait for him to prove it mode? Are you worried that this is going to be deja vu all over again? Mario Cristobal, a Miami, Florida native. That's where he played his college ball. Obviously has uh, ties down there as the former head coach of Florida International University, a former assistant under Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa. He's only been in Eugene one year. And now he's the head coach. Are you worried that he's going to leave? Now, of course, we haven't seen any contract details yet. I'm sure those will uh, keep unfolding. And we're reaching out to a variety of media members, getting them on the show here. And, of course, John Cadano will be here with the BFT from noon to 3 p.m. And uh, you want to stick around for that. Always going to be solid coverage. Judah Newby here with you in the meantime here on 102.9750. The game continuing to cover the breaking story of Mario Cristobal becoming the Ducks' next head coach. I like it. I said earlier this week, uh, hosting PM Drive, that Cristobal was my uh, leader in the clubhouse of all the candidates. The promotion from within made a lot of sense given the early signing period coming up December 20th and, of course, the bowl game on the on the 16th, which really is inconsequential in the big picture. I mean, what, what the Ducks do with uh, Boise State won't really matter in terms of momentum for next season. It's all about the recruiting class, and I'm sure that was a uh, perhaps the chief factor that Rob Mullins was, uh, was mulling over, if you will, in, in determining the next head coach of Oregon football. Um, what does this mean for Jim Levitt? Because he just turned 61 years old on Tuesday. He's said many times, uh, both to the media and on social media, that he wants to be a head coach again in the future. But the Ducks go with Cristobal. Does Levitt stay in Eugene? Or does he go to Florida State? Now, it seemed to be pretty widely reported last week or last Tuesday when Taggart took the job that Levitt was going to go to Florida State. It's been refuted by a couple of uh, different places. But you can't tell me that Cristobal being hired does not affect Levitt's decision with where he goes next. And if he does go somewhere next, are we not back in the same place that we were this time last year, where you had President Michael Schill stepping up to the podium and asking Willie Taggart, the only thing that we really want you to do is hire a good defensive coordinator. I mean, the president of the school was saying that for crying out loud. Would we not be in the same position if Levitt leaves and Cristobal now has the head coaching gig, everybody clamoring for Mario to be able to make a good, solid hire at defensive coordinator, I think we would be. I think that he'd be in a solid position to make a good hire, too. Uh, Keith Hayward, the safeties coach at Oregon, a lot of people thought that there was a chance that he was going to uh, go to Oregon State. Maybe there were some rumors and, and ramblings about that. But I think Hayward would be a pretty uh, pretty good option for the Ducks if they chose to go in that direction. Of course, you still got Joe Salavea coaching that defensive line. Uh, he's never been a D coordinator, but he's got plenty of D line coaching experience, not only at Oregon, but at Washington State before that. Uh, you know, so th that's just another one of the questions that the Ducks need to answer. But they've answered their first and most important one, and that is going to be who is the head coach moving forward of this team. And per multiple reports now, it is Mario Cristobal for the Oregon Ducks. Bobby Bean on the other side of the glass. Your thoughts? Uh, well, I think uh, Salavea um, would be an interesting pick. I think that he has a lot of experience on the defensive side. You're right, he doesn't have any defensive coordinator experience, but he was one year under Levitt, uh, which I think does help. But if I was going after, um, if I was making a selection for the D coordinator, I'd go after somebody experienced. There are more out there. There's plenty of experienced D coordinators that are as good as Levitt, although I think he's the best D coordinator in the country. Um, 
And uh, I do. I think really? he can. Yeah, because he can take a team like Oregon, who is one eighteen or one seventeen, and move them up in the fifties as a defense. And he was going to take that next leap with some of the players he had. And just look at his track record. Now, can he keep an elite defense uh, going? It hasn't shown that. He's shown that he can develop a defense and bring him up from the bottom. Um, and I think you can go two directions with a D coordinator. You can go new and hope and roll the dice, or you can go with somebody established, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, gosh, I really wish Levin could stay. What he did with that defensive unit was just about unprecedented from from what I've seen. Taking a team from the cellar in virtually all the rankings and boosting them up to a top 50 overall defense and a top 10 rush defense, I mean, that's... That is exceptional work from Jim Levitt. And honestly, I just love his personality and his style (laughs) and his flair and his energy and the crazy he's got about him. You've got to be a little bit crazy to succeed as a defensive coordinator, I think, in college football. Jim Levitt certainly qualifies. Absolutely. Uh, Your thoughts at 503-417-7575. Mario Cristobal, the new head coach of Oregon Duck Football. You can also tweet at us at 1029. The game seems to be that uh, most reaction to this is positive. This is the hire many wanted to see the Oregon Ducks make, and uh, but it does come with a little bit of a risk. I mean, keep in mind that he was at FIU, Cristobal was, as a head coach for six seasons, and two of those six seasons were winning seasons. Um, and, you know, what, what, is that, what does that mean given his ties elsewhere, out of the Pacific Northwest? I mentioned there's got to be some type of buyout language that's strong and significant in uh, whatever contract that Cristobal inks with the Ducks that is very prohibitive for him to go anywhere else outside of Eugene. After what happened with Taggart, absolutely. Yeah. There's no way that they don't have anything that's uh, solid and and definitely high-priced for any way if somebody else in the country would want Cristobal in a couple years. It's got to be huge. Um, he was 27 and 47 at FIU. But it's FIU. You're just rebuilding the heck out of a program like that. <laughs> I wouldn't look too much into his coaching record at FIU. I wouldn't. And here's the thing. Like, when you're making a head coaching hire, you're buying into the guy's future, not his past. You're buying into his future. But so aren't you making how decisions? How much about his future can you glean from five years at FIU? I, I would say a little bit, but not much. I would say that's probably about 10% or 15% of what I factor in is what he did at FIU. I think the lessons and experience that he gleaned as a head coach anywhere is much more important. The lessons and experience, not the record. How are you going to know that? Well, you can't. But but that, that's why you have an interview process. <laughs> I mean, and that's why you interview a guy that you are familiar with. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I mean, I think that uh, you, if all you have to look at it as a head coach is his FIU experience, which is what you have. It's not it's, good. It's not good. No, it's 20 games under 500, um, two winning seasons and six. I agree. It's not good. As opposed to a guy like Taggart, who, though he has an overall sub-500 head coaching record, at least you saw tangible turnarounds at Western Kentucky, a tangible turnaround at South Florida, and an 11-win season at USF, for crying out loud. At least you saw tangible success there. With Cristobal, there's not, not tangible success as a head coach. But, you know, you can look at what he did, you know, with Nick Saban. Of course, the talent is just a, another level when you're coaching in Tuscaloosa. But you're the coordinator of a run game that's annually the best in the country. I mean, and the talent that was churned out of there. The Heisman Trophy winners. I mean, Derrick Henry, 
was playing under under Cristobal's tutelage. That's pretty strong to put on your resume. The season Royce Freeman just had, that's pretty strong to put on your resume as well. And by the way, when I look at Oregon's offensive line, which um, yeah, I do the uh, Oregon Duck pregame and postgame show here on game days on 102.9750 the game and wanted to make a point of this each and every week. You know, Tyrell Crosby is an exceptional, exceptional football player. In my mind, he's going to easily be the top pick in the NFL draft of any current Oregon Duck player that's going to be draft eligible, including Royce Freeman. I think Crosby definitely profiles as a top 20 pick, but a first rounder, you know, hands down. He's incredible. Uh, He's not going to be here next year. But everywhere else, there's some strong, young talent on that offensive line for the Ducks. Got Jake Pisarchik. Well, I guess Jake Pisarchik will be will be leaving next year too. But you've got um, Jake Hansen. He's going to be a junior next year. As a sophomore this year, he was on the Remington Award watch list. You got Calvin Throckmorton, who was a sophomore this year that started almost every game at right tackle and kicked into right guard when they needed him to as well. You have Shane Lemieux, who was a sophomore this year that's going to be a junior next year playing at left guard. Uh, Brady Aiello got the start at right tackle in the Civil War. He was a sophomore this year. That's going to be a junior next year. So Crystal Ball was able to accomplish this year with that offensive line. It was a young offensive line opposed from Tyrell Crosby, and they dominated, man. I mean, they were so, so good from season's beginning to season's end, and I think that's something that Crystal Ball should lead with. He said, look, I, I took one of your weakest units from a season prior and turned them into the strongest unit on the football team, and I think he's fair to say that, and he did an excellent job. So I would keep going in that regard. And I'm, I wonder what that would mean for the Oregon offense moving forward, too. What kind of offense will Cristobal want to run? As you know, Will he want to call plays? Or will he bring in somebody else to call in plays for him? Because his specialty is not necessarily play calling. It's, it's teaching the trench game. Teaching the trench war with you, his guys inside. We've been talking about Levitt. What about Arroyo? I, that's a good point. Now, Arroyo is is the next domino to fall in terms of where he goes next. And I would, you know, I would uh, I would think, I would like to think at least, that Arroyo would just stay. I mean. Because he would slide right into the offensive been, court. Yeah, They've been co-offensive coordinators yeah. together. It was Arroyo pass game and, and crystal ball run game. So why wouldn't they stay and keep that partnership alive, right? Exactly. I think I think so. That's what I it's logically, but now, that being said, what they were they were still running the Taggart offense. So, they would have to, you know, if, if it was still Cristobal and Arroyo, if Arroyo was the new OC, it would be the Arroyo offense. It wouldn't be the continuation of the Taggart offense. I'm sure it would stand out in some different ways. So, technically, that would be the third new playbook in 3 years for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, are arguably the ceiling of being the greatest quarterback in Duck history. I mean, it's hard to say that when you have a Heisman winner in Marcus Mariota and buildings named after the guy. But Herbert certainly has a ceiling to be the second greatest quarterback in Duck history if he has a strong junior season. And, you know, I just three new head coaches in three years for one of the best players in the program history that is tough and unfortunate but if there's any guy that's mentally strong enough to deal with that and adapt to a situation like that it's number 10 for the Oregon Ducks again Jude Danube here with you 1029750 the game covering the breaking news that Mario Cristobal will be the new head coach of Oregon Duck football your thoughts at 503-417-7575 Steve Mims of the Eugene Register Guard joins us on the other side of this break you're listening to Oregon Duck coverage of Mario Cristobal being the new head coach here on 102.9750 The Game.
Hey, it's Bill Ryder. Blazers, the NBA, the Pac-12, and more. Ryder than you, weekdays, 3 till 7 on 1029 and 750 The Game. Mario Cristobal, the new head coach of Oregon Duck football. Now multiple outlets are confirming the news that was first reported by Aaron Fentress of NBC Sports Northwest. We're covering the breaking news right here on 1029-750 The Game. Jude Anuba here with you and getting your reaction at 503-417-7575. Your thoughts on Mario Cristobal being the new face of Oregon Duck football. Deja vu all over again. We were just sitting in this chair about this time last year. I mean, goodness. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, and Bobby Bean, you're on the other side of the glass, was not Willie Taggart, the reports of him being hired at Oregon happened on December 7th of last year? I think it was December 7th. Yeah, I because I thought I remember it being Pearl, Pearl Harbor, Harbor Day. Day. Yeah, that's what I remember. <laughs> and here we are on December 8th, 366 days later. And we are really doing the same story, just with different names. It's Mario Cristobal being the new head coach of uh, of Oregon Duck football. Uh, Bobby, you were mentioning over the break what kind of reaction was coming from the Duck players. Uh, people will remember the name of Johnny Reagan. He was a former Duck player. and he, he says, I don't know Coach Cristobal very well, but I do know these guys. And for them to enthusiastically endorse him like this, Holds a lot of clout, excited for the future of Oregon football, and do whatever it takes to keep Levitt. He's a defensive genius. Yes, what does this mean for the future of Jim Levitt in Eugene? I think that is the next big question, especially that uh, multiple reports said that Levitt would be joining Taggart at Florida State. Now, I'm not sure if, if that's certainly going to be the case. Perhaps, you know, if, if I was Jim Levitt, I would walk into any, I'm not sure if he met with Fromm Mullins about the head coaching job, but I would make my, you know, my, my, my thoughts and my wishes clear that if I did not get the head coaching job at University of Oregon, that I would look for my best opportunity. Yes. And, and there's a chance that coaching defense at Oregon is still his best opportunity. I mean, is coaching, is having the same role with Willie Taggart is a better opportunity than having his current role thriving in Eugene? Uh, to I me, think that's a fair question. I mean, I do or, too. Oregon's still paying them a lot. And Bobby, you made the point earlier that Florida State is is notorious for for being penny pinchers in terms of allocating money to their assistant coaching staff. And he's, are, he's being paid over a mil a year right now in Eugene. And the most assistants that were paid under Jimbo Fisher, the most was like five hundred thirty thousand dollars. I mean, it's half of what uh, what Levitt was getting. And and another thing is. If he wants a head coaching job, is it longevity at Florida State? Now, now they're a solid program. Obviously, it's a step up for Taggart. A lot of Oregon fans wouldn't believe that, and, and maybe someday it won't be a step up. But is it better for Levitt? Is it quicker? I guess not better, quicker for him to coach Florida State and get to a, a head coaching position or turn Oregon's defense into a number one Pac-12 defense, top 10 in the country over a year or two because – uh, and, and with the turnaround he has, because look what he did to Colorado. Three years of Colorado at Oregon, that's a step up. Is he going to go two or three years here, or is he going to go? Uh, is it going to be at Florida State for three or five years? Is it going to take longer for him to get a head coaching position? Because everybody, see, the, here's the deal. At Florida State, everybody assumes it's going to be good anyway. They're going to be good anyway on defense. So whether you hire Levitt or you hire another solid defensive coordinator, 
is it that much better if you're going to go to a new program that you're going to probably have to turn around if you're going to be hired as a head coach? You know, what I find so refreshing about Jim Levitt is is his realism. <laughs> Despite being a little crazy, he's still got realism about him. And that his priority has always been on the players and will always be on the players that he's coaching. Now, keep in mind, this is a guy that once had a head coaching legacy of, of uh, getting physical with, with a player at USF, and that eventually helped lead to his departure in 09. But this is what he tweeted out last night, Jim Levitt. Quote, there is nothing more important than our players and their lives. I would never get in the way of that. The players are why I coach. That will never be lost with me, no matter where I coach. Unquote. Twelve hours later, Mario Cristobal is the new head coach of Duck Football. And keep in mind, there was a petition circulated around Oregon Duck football players this week. Tyrell Crosby posted on Twitter last night that he got the signatures of over 70 Duck players. That's a lot of players. Over 70 players signed this petition for Mario Cristobal to be the head coach. How do you think that makes Jim Leffitt feel? I'm sure he wanted the gig. He said explicitly, I want to be a head coach again someday, Lord willing. And, you know, well over half the team signs a petition for the other guy. Does that really make you want to stay? Does he? Do <laughs> the mean, players really. know? But do the players know something we don't? In terms of, like, personality? No, in terms of Levitt and what he's doing. You would you would infer that they already know that he would stay, or he'd go, or he'd go regardless. Yeah, that I don't know, and because that, that would if, be a fair question. But I would imagine that Levitt would want to have been considered for this U of O job. I would have a hard time thinking that he wouldn't want to be. Well, he's he's adamant about being says, saying he's being honest with his players and he, yeah. and they're the, they're the number one thing. So, you know, they've been they've been pretty good about holding secrets over there and uh, the players have and you know, they may know if he's not going to be the head coach that he's off to to see Willie. He can't make that call announcement publicly till after the bowl game anyway. Right. Good point being made by Bruce Feldman on Twitter as well that um one of the one of the most impressive parts about Mario Cristobal's head coaching legacy was that you can't discount how bad a program Florida International University was. Uh, it was it was a terrible program. Feldman calls it by far the worst FBS situation I've ever seen. That's what he called FAU, FIU. And then four years after taking over the head coaching job at FIU, he leads him to a bowl win. That, you can't discount that. I mean, Cristobal took over a program on the cellar and brought them to a bull win. Feldman also says he's not sure there's a better recruiter in the entire country than Mario Cristobal. And how about this, Duck fans? Oregon football is going to be branded as a physical football team now. Physicality. You remember those long debates and criticisms that were drawn to the Ducks nationwide? with the flash offense of Chip Kelly, they would call it finesse. That was the F word that nobody wanted to hear with the Oregon offense, that it was finesse. And they would always try to say, hey, we're not finesse. We're tough. Well, now with Mario Cristobal as a head coach, there will be no denying that uh, toughness will be a priority. We go to the phone lines now as we continue this coverage of Mario Cristobal being the new head coach of Oregon Duck football 
And we're joined by Steve Mims of the Eugene Register Guard. Judah Newby here with you on 1029-750 The Game. Steve, good morning. Your first thoughts on the news that Mario Cristobal will be the new head coach of Oregon football. Well, I think this, the main surprise for me was just that they promoted from within so quickly. I, I wasn't surprised that Mario got the job, but I thought that maybe the he'd catch the national net for a few more days and see what they could find. So I thought Rob, you know, he knew he had Mario here. I, I guess I thought that maybe they'd look around a little longer, but I think they, they probably took a quick look around, didn't see anything they liked better. And then with Mario, they got a big recruiting weekend. I think if you were going to go with him, they decided, hey, let's do it before the recruiting weekend to answer all those questions for the recruits who are coming in. Right. That would be my follow-up. Was the decision to go with Cristobal now, how much of that decision do you think was influenced by this early signing period that opens in 12 days? You know, I don't think it's, I mean, I don't think that can be the decision. I, I mean, it's such a long-term hire. You can't kind of make that much of it be about one signing period, but I think that certainly it played in Mario's favor when you look at all the factors, the fact that, you know, not just the recruiting class that Oregon has coming in, but his kind of history as a recruiter. So that certainly played in his favor. And I think the timing of it, like I say, I, I think once they decided, hey, it's going to be him, rather than looking around, they decided let's answer the questions before this kind of final recruiting push begins. Steve Mims of the Eugene Register Guard joining us. Uh, Steve, you cover this program day in, day out. What kind of guy is Mario Cristobal like? What can fans expect out of his personality? You know, he's a real straight-up guy. He's very honest. Um, I think he's always been, I don't know, he can be pretty serious, real tough out on the practice field. Um, You know, to me, the quality stands out. He's just always seemed like a real honest guy, you know, a guy who will kind of tell you what he thinks and, I had a recruit's parent text me today and say, you know, man, that guy's such a stud. I just got off the phone with him, and I'm already fired up. So um, I think his person, I know he kind of is who he is, you know, and people see it in the press conference today. The, the guy you see in interviews and that, I've never seen him kind of deviate personality-wise from, from what he's been there. He's not putting on any kind of an act. The same, you mentioned the toughness of it. There's there's a toughness that comes with him, and that's going to uh, gonna you know, you'll see that on the practice field and, and in the way he conducts his interviews as well. Is there any type of thought as to what this means for Jim Levitt's future? Oh, I think Jim Levitt's probably gone. Um, I think he probably wanted this position. Um, and then when somebody else gets it, I think it was probably a pretty good... Oh, <laughs> there it goes. There goes Steve Mims of the Eugene uh, Register Guard. Uh, taking your thoughts as well at 503-417-7575. We got Steve on for a good three minutes, and he uh, three and done for Steve. But, hey, that was longer than Willie Taggart was at Oregon. Not really. Not really. I'm just kidding. Touche. Uh, Mario Cristobal, <laughs> the new head coach of Oregon Duck Football, taking your thoughts as well. Judah Newby here with you. So everything that uh, Mims just said right there, you know, it kind of affirms what I've thought about Cristobal. He's going to instill toughness. He's open. He's honest. He's straightforward. Um and Mims say, look, this is a long-term hire, so it wasn't uh, exactly the, the the chief factor may not necessarily have been predicated on his recruiting ability, but I think it had to have been one of the top three factors, one of the top two factors, because all college football is these days is recruiting, um, you know, recruiting and then trying to develop talent to go along with that. That was a point of Kevin Sumlin. He was a great recruiter, but he couldn't develop talent really well. Now it's up to a crystal ball to try to do a little bit of both. Uh, Steve, we got you back.
Yeah, sorry about that. I I dropped you. I apologize. No problem, man. It is a busy day. What kind of uh, have there been any details released from the Oregon football side of things officially as to an introductory press conference or anything like that? There have not. They have not made the official at least in the last five minutes since I checked. Um, in fact, I talked to a, the dad of a player at nine o'clock, which is about an hour after the news break, and even and even the players hadn't heard yet for sure. So. Um, I'm pretty, pretty much assuming there's probably a meeting around 10 o'clock to, to let the players know, and I think they'll do the press conference today. Cristobal was supposed to, you know, the Ducks resume practice tomorrow for the bowl game. He was supposed to meet the media then. I, I think now you want to make it a bigger deal, obviously, so I, I think they'll have the, the major press conference today, probably 3 o'clock, and, again, make the announcement so that all the recruits coming in have no questions. So, uh, I know this is probably difficult to answer, but what do you think that means for the offense? I mean, obviously, Justin Herbert will come in and be in his third year, and he's played so well when he's been healthy as a freshman and sophomore, and now he's got another coaching change to navigate. Uh, What does that mean for him and uh, and overall the Duck offense moving forward? Well, I think that they keep Marcus Arroyo, who was the co-offensive coordinator with Cristobal, I think he probably stays. Um, and, and becomes the the main offensive coordinator. You know, it was a deal last year where Willie was calling the plays, so neither really Marcus or Mario were, were kind of the play callers. They were more in kind of the game planning. So it will be interesting to see how Mario makes it work. I, I would expect that he keeps a Royal on, which would certainly be good for Herbert. That's been his quarterback coach this year. I don't think he'd drastically change the offense under that idea, since especially seeing how, how well Justin did this year. So I think it could be a pretty seamless transition if they hang on to a Royal. And again, knowing your quarterback, you're not going to make a whole lot of deviations to that, no matter who the guy is, just because he's going into his third year and you've seen what he can do. Steve Mims, Eugene Register Guard, joining us on 1029-750 The Game. Mario Cristobal reportedly going to be the next head coach of Oregon Duck football. Uh, Steve flipped the field on the defensive side of the ball. If it is the case that Jim Levitt leaves Eugene, where does that put Oregon in terms of hiring a next defensive coordinator, considering the masterful job Levitt did this season? Well, it certainly makes it an easier, a, a more attractive job, I guess you would say. You know, it's tough to get a guy to come in and take over the 125th defense. I, I think it'd be a little easier if you can show the next guy, hey, look, this group was, you know, kind of middle of the pack in the Pac-12, and a lot of guys coming back, you can probably even improve it a little bit more. So I think it's an easier, you know, I don't know, you know, Levitt's obviously considered one of the top defensive coordinators. I don't know if you're going to get that, but I do think Cristobal's, you know, the guy's coached it. Uh, Alabama, you know, he's got quite a few ties in, in the coaching world. I think he can bring in a guy to, to pick up this defense, and I think you'd feel better about it. Maybe not as good as you felt about it with Levitt, but certainly as good as you felt about the Oregon defensive coordinator since Aliotti. The fact that Cristobal went 27-47 and 47 as a head coach at Florida International University, is that a big deal? Shouldn't be. That was a program that started in 2002. Uh, he came in in 2007, so you're looking at a guy who came in in, what, the, the sixth year after the first coach, Don Strock, had failed. You know, his first year was 1-11, so, uh, you know, you kind of throw that one out. The, what, years four and five, they went to a bowl game both years. They won a Sun Belt. The only odd thing is just that last year, you know, they went three and nine. It, it sort of dropped off there, and I'm not 100% sure what happened there, but I do know that in reading some research, there were a lot of Florida International fans who thought they pulled the plug on him too quick. Like I say, he had led them to kind of their two best seasons in the infancy of that program. And then after one bad one, he was gone. Steve, if you could go big picture with what's happened this week, can you put into context what this week has meant in the history of Oregon football and just what it's been like? Yeah, it's been wild. You know, it's, uh, 
the first time, you know, I mean, Chip obviously left, you know, for another job. But I think everybody felt like, you know, hey, you, you did everything we asked for you to do here. You won some titles. You, you lifted this program up, and you went for a, a pro job. This was different. This was a guy who, you know, came in and, and really told fans, got them really excited, got them excited about recruiting, um, you know, had the, the season other than the, you know, the games when the quarterback was injured. I think people were kind of buying in. So when he leaves after one year and it's for a job that, quite frankly, I think Oregon fans look and say, hey, why, why is that job any better than this one? Uh, it definitely left a sting behind it. And it's interesting, you know, a lot of times in that case is the athletic director would, you know, kind of move on from that whole staff and say, you know, Hey, you know, the, the head guy came in and sold us a bill of goods. We're not sure we're going to trust the guys behind him, but certainly it wasn't the case here. And, and Mario impressed Rob to, I'm sure, convince him that, hey, he's, he's in this for a, for a longer haul than, than Willie was. I sure hope so. Last thing for you, Steve, you mentioned Willie. So, uh, you know, he had the optimism, he had the enthusiasm, he had the energy, and then he kind of shadily walks out the door, but for his quote-unquote dream job. Now his successor comes from the Taggart coaching tree, if you will. I mean, a one-year coaching tree at that. But my overall question for you is, now that we know who the successor to Willie Taggart is, how do you think we should remember the Taggart era, the one year that it was here? Uh, um, that's a tough one. You know, like I say, it was a 7-5 and five year, so it's like if it was 1-11, you'd have strong thoughts. If it was 11-1, and one, you'd have strong thoughts. I think it just goes down to sort of unfinished business. You know, we'll look and see what Mario can do with it if, if Mario lifts this thing up and, and they're competing for a pack, you know, this schedule set up for a pretty nice 10 and two type season next year. If, if that happens and the recruiting builds and, and Mario turns this thing back into kind of a regular pack field power, I think Oregon fans will have to thank Willie and say that, Hey, look, he brought the guy in that did that. If it goes the other way, uh, you know, the, the fans, I think will, will jump in and, and say, Hey, let's, let's get rid of everything that Willie ever brought. Steve Mims, Eugene Register Guard. Follow him on Twitter at Steve Mims underscore RG, helping us cover the news of Mario Cristobal being the next head coach of Oregon football. Steve, thanks for the time, sir, and enjoy your day. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. There he is, Steve Mims, Eugene Register Guard. Awesome stuff there. What your thoughts again? 1029, the game. Call us at 503 417 7575. Heading to a break at the top of the hour. Just getting started covering the breaking news. Mario Cristobal is the next head coach of Oregon Duck football. Dante Pimpleton, the running backs coach of Oregon, he just uh, posted on Twitter the news with, I think, 20 emojis, a lot of smiley faces, a lot of fist bumps in those emojis. Coming up next, my latest Twitter emoji analysis of the crystal ball hire. Not really. 503-417-7575. Want your thoughts. We're going out. Coming back in in just a few minutes on 1029-750 The Game. Portland's best sports talk lives here. Dan Patrick, Jim Rome, John Canzano, Bill Ryder on 1029-750 The Game. Second down and goal from the 12-yard line. Mark it inside of the 11. And here's the handoff. Freeman going left. Freeman cut it back. Outside now 10. 5. Freeman inside of the 2 to the 1. He got there. Did he give it to him? Did he give it to him? Yes! Touchdown! Royce Freeman! Mario Cristobal, the new head coach of Oregon Duck Football. Your reaction at 503-417-7575. I'll be taking you up till the ball fishers when John Canzano, noon to 3 p.m. Uh, Mario Cristobal played on that 1991 University of Miami team, uh, forced to share the national title with UW. So he hates the Huskies, right? <laughs> I just saw that pop up on Twitter. That's good stuff right there. 
and a little bit of husky hatred from that 91 season for Coach Cristobal. But he is going to be the next head coach succeeding Willie Taggart. Thanks to Steve Mims of the Eugene Register Guard joining us a few moments ago. And coming up, uh, Ryan Thorburn will be joining us as well, uh, analyzing this hire for Mario Cristobal and what this means for the rest of the Duck coaching staff what this means on the recruiting trail. This is a massive weekend for recruiting. And keep in mind, it was a 2018 recruiting class that at one point was ranked number one in the nation, what, two weeks ago? I mean, wasn't that today that Bull Bull committed to Oregon basketball and uh, everybody was like, that's amazing. Oregon basketball has the number one ranked recruiting class in the country and Oregon football has the number one ranked recruiting class in the country. Now, since that point, Oregon football regressed a little bit. I think they were seventh in the country at the time of Taggart's departure. And since then, a bunch more decommitments uh, were going uh, were impacting the recruiting class as well. But the early signing period now is uh, is about to hit in 12 days' time. And that means there needed to be a little bit of urgency with this hire. And it came to fruition this morning with the reports that Mario Cristobal would be the new head coach. Continuing to break down this news right now, we're joined by Ryan Thorburn for the Eugene Register Guard. Good morning, Ryan. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, your first reaction to the new set, Mario Cristobal would be the next head coach of Oregon football, was what? Well, I, I'm not surprised. I think it's just perfect timing for Mario, as bad as the timing was for Taggart to leave. This is um, obviously a tough time to hire a coach. He had the support of the players. Um, he is their best chance of salvaging the recruiting class. And, you know, he's considered one of the best assistants in the country. So um, I think the timing works out well for him, and, and it's a little bit of a gamble for Oregon, but certainly he has... Uh, the personality and the support and the energy and, and a lot of the chops to get this done. But, um, you know, being a head coach at Oregon is, is quite a challenge compared to uh, Florida International where, you know, he had to build a, a really a lower-tier program and, and was eventually fired. But, you know, I think it's, it's a good move to keep the momentum going from what Taggart did this year. The fact that he went 27-47 and 47 at FIU – uh, is that a big deal? Should fans be reading into that too much, or what can Duck fans take away from his tenure at FIU? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, that's really one of the worst programs you can be the coach at. Um, you know, I know Lane Kiffin's done a lot at the Florida Atlantic in a short amount of time, but I, I just I don't know all of the details. But from what I understand, Florida National, you can't judge someone on their record there. I think you judge Cristobal on the fact that. You know, he has the respect of Nick Saban, and, and he's done such a good job at Oregon so far. And, and a lot of college football is recruiting, and he's certainly uh, good at that as well. And really a terrific offensive line coach, too. Yeah, what do you think was the most important factor that was in Cristobal's favor that got him the hire? <laughs> well, I, I, think, I really do think timing. I mean, yeah. when you look at with signing day, this is the first year they've ever had this early period. I mean, you have to have a recruiting class, right? And it's 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 coming up here. I think if you prolong this and then maybe go with an outsider that none of these recruits are familiar with, you could really have you know one of the worst recruiting classes in the country when you have you know arguably arguably the best. So I think it's timing. I mean, Chip Kelly's not available. Scott Frost's not available. Dan Mullen is not available. And, and that doesn't mean it's a bad hire. I, I just think. It's just all working out perfectly for Cristobal, and, and you know, let's see what he does with the opportunity. I think it's um, very exciting for Oregon fans because they have this momentum going into 
next year with you know a superstar quarterback and and you know a lot of good recruits coming in now. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, and we've seen what the schedule is going to look like next year with a uh, very very soft non-conference slate that kind of eases the Ducks into the conference schedule and favorable home matchups as well. I mean, is it fair to expect nine, possibly ten wins out of Mario Cristobal's first season, or are we looking a little too high too early? Well, I think if Willie Taggart were coming back, I think you would expect, you know, in that ten-win range, maybe challenge Washington a little bit in the north, challenge Stanford, at least compete with those teams. I think they're on track to do that, if not, you know, beat a couple of them. So, yeah, I think I think Oregon should be picked, you know, maybe second, uh, in the North next year, I think it just sets up that way. They, once again, don't play USC. Uh, they get Washington and Stanford at home. And like you said, they should have a lot of momentum just crushing some of these non-conference teams. Um, and I believe their first home Pac-12 game is against uh, Stanford at home. Mm-hmm. So it um, should be 3-0 and and really confident going into that. So, yeah, it definitely sets up for Mario to have uh, a really strong first season and start getting that overall coaching record turned around quickly. What can Duck fans expect from Mario's personality and his philosophy from what you've gathered in your interactions with him this year? Well, it's infectious, kind of like Willie Taggart. You know, he doesn't have a lot of slogans and, and that sort of thing, but then there's some coach speaking there, but he's really an engaging person. And really, I mean, as you can tell from Twitter and, and their movement, I think led by Tyrell Crosby to get him the job, the players love this guy. So, um, I think fans will too. I mean, you know, he, he, if you can recruit players and you can recruit um, Rob Mullins, you can certainly uh, get the fans behind you, I would think. What, what, what does this do for Rob Mullins? Where do you think his head is at right now, given his last uh, few seasons <laughs> as AD? Well, I think it's, uh, it's the nuclear winner for Rob. I think it's just the worst-case scenario happened with, you know, you go outside the family. I mean, it was a tough decision for him to fire Mark Helfrich. I mean, the fans were obviously, they wanted him gone. A lot of them did. But, I mean, the guy was in the national championship game three years ago. He had a Heisman Trophy winner three years ago, and they, and he was an Oregonian. That was his dream job, Oregon, and they fired him. So then you go outside the family, and it looked like, you know, a great move the way Willie was going, and all of a sudden you lose him after one year. I mean, that's, that's a disaster. And like I mentioned, the timing, I mean, Chip Kelly just takes a job in the Pac-12. Uh, Scott Frost is pretty much the national coach of the year, and he's going home. Uh, a guy they really liked, Dan Mullen, is, is locked up at Florida. So I think he's made the best out of a bad situation. I really do. If they would have went and got, you know, say, uh, I don't even want to throw any name out there, but say a coach like a Matt Rule at Baylor, someone that's really good but, you know, is just available because they're available, I think the players – would be revolting, and then the fans wouldn't be very excited. So I think he's made the best out of a tough situation with Mario Cristobal, and I think in the short term it's really going to work out. Ryan Thorborn joining us, Eugene Register guard. Uh, last thing for you here, Ryan, here's a little bit of a devil's advocate to the Cristobal hiring and uh, paralleling it with Willie Taggart's out-of-towner, good asset, uh, trajectory, trajectory is on the rise, and you ask him to move across the country to the Pacific Northwest to be a head coach, and now Taggart leaves after one season to take his quote-unquote dream job. Um, is there a quote-unquote dream job that you think lies ahead of Mario Cristobal, and what kind of um, p- prohibitions 
could the Ducks put in place to make sure that Crystal Ball is a long-term hire and not another short-term guy? Well, I know there is one dream job for Mario Cristobal, uh, in addition to Oregon, and that has to be Miami. He is the U through and through. If you've watched um, those 30 for 30s on the U, he's in those. <laughs> um, you can kind of see some of his personality in there. So, I mean, you got to be leery of that, but, you know, Rick's just got there. He's a, a terrific coach, and, and uh, you know, I would definitely think Mullins will have a, a significant buyout here um, as far as, as if Cristobal were to leave, I think whoever wanted to take him would have to pay a hefty price. Ryan Thorburn, you can follow him on Twitter at RGDuckFootball. Ryan, thanks so much for taking the time on a uh, busy morning, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. It should be quiet. Okay, it will be now. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's Ryan Thorburn. 503-417-7575. Uh, so far, had pretty good analysis of this Cristobal hire and the fact that, you know, timing is everything. Timing is everything. If there if there was no timeline that included an early signing day, December 20th, if that was still in February, I think we'd be looking at Kevin Sumlin and Justin Wilcox a little bit higher, especially Kevin Sumlin. But timing is everything in this hiring. But that's not to say that it wasn't the right hire either. It just certainly favored Mario Cristobal. All right, we'll get out here. We'll come back on the other side. Jorgie himself will be joining us here on 1029 750 The Game. Mike Jorgensen's thoughts on Mario Cristobal being hired as the head time full head football coach of the Oregon Ducks. That's up next here on The Game. It's Dan Patrick, the biggest names in sports, weekday mornings at 6 with me, right here on 1029 and 750 The Game. of Oregon Duck Football. Welcome back. 1029 750 The Game. Judah Newby here with you. A little diamonds intro. Nothing like that. Shout out Kanye on a Friday morning. And from one great legend to another, we're going to bring on Mike Jorgensen to talk about Oregon Duck Football in this hiring of Mario Cristobal. Good morning, Jorgie. Hey, Judah, you're stretching the, the legend thing. That's really uh, that's really reaching, okay? I just want to let you know that. Wait a second. I thought there was a – wasn't there a goat emoji on your Twitter profile, or was that just me? You are the greatest of all time, Jorgie. Come on. Yeah, right. How you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. It's good to talk to you again. And what a week. I mean, holy goodness. My goodness. Oh, the uh, the Taggart departure, the, the fallout from that, his legacy at Oregon – now, two and a half days later, we got a new head coach, and it's Mario Cristobal. Uh, what are you thinking right now, Jorgie? I mean, being so plugged into the program on a daily basis and seeing this team go 7-5 and five in Willie's first year with the Herbert injury and all the fallout from his departure, and now we've got a new head coach. What are, what are your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you, I, I'm excited. I, I like the hire a lot, and uh, I like Mario Cristobal a lot. I just think he he brings uh, uh, just such a presence 
with anything or, or anywhere he goes. Uh, there, there, to me, there's that it factor about him that he, he kind of carries with him, not only from the standpoint of the, the strength of his coaching background and what he's done up to this point, but, but his mentality, the toughness and the presence that he has, a very CEO type of presence, and yet the way that he coaches uh, the young men that he coaches and the way he goes about it and some of the coaches that he has coached under and or with – you know, to me, just really brings a tough, hard-nosed mentality to this program that it it, it, it needed number one, and it needs to maintain number two. Uh, but he's such a tremendous recruiter, too. That's the other thing behind it is there's uh, a lot of these student athletes that are already here, and a lot of them that are uh, considering University of Oregon have committed to Oregon, and then have kind of backed out and maybe thinking about it again. He has a lot to do with it, and uh, I just really think it's a good choice uh, for now. I think it's great to keep the continuity as much as you possibly can with this program that's headed the right direction. And I think as you head to Las Vegas next week, that's exactly what you needed uh, to have these guys excited and not distracted as you take on Boise State. The fact that Tyrell Crosby posted on Twitter last night that he got over 70 signatures on a petition from his Duck teammates to make Mario Cristobal the full-time head coach. Uh, How do you think that speaks to Cristobal's um, personality and his popularity within the locker room and the fact that Tyrell Crosby isn't even going to be here next year and yet he was the one to kind of spearhead this effort. Just what do you think that says about Cristobal? Well, it just validates his presence on the team. It's more than just beyond an offensive line, you know, because that's the position he coaches and he's very involved with the offense. But, you know, to have that many players on the team, if you want to call it an endorsement, uh, you know, sign a petition to be able to say that's the guy we want. You know, I, I know Rob Mullins obviously is going to vet that process uh, and take that into consideration. It's not going to be obviously the, the, the final say-so. I don't think any athletic director can let the players dictate who the next head coach is. But at the same time, I think as you probably as he probably went through the process, uh, a far deeper process than we'll ever know, um, it just felt like he was the right guy, I even think, from the get-go. And you know, a lot of other names mentioned out there of tremendous coaches, and you know, whether it be you know, Justin Wilcox down at Cal or uh, Kevin Sumlin or, or you know, some of the others that kind of got thrown out there, or even Coach Levitt uh, that's on the staff. He was one, I think, that everybody kind of earmarked, and the majority of the people that I even kind of spoke to said, you know, that that's the guy. That's the guy because he's just so well-rounded in what he does. He's got head coaching experience, and as I mentioned before, he's really played or really coached under some tremendous coaches at Miami and at Rutgers and at Alabama and, and just really has and knows what it takes to get it done. And, and I think Oh, I, I'm not sure if uh, Mike is, is with us right now. We're going to go ahead and put him on hold and see if we can't get him again. Mike Jorgensen joining us here on 102.9750 The Game, uh, giving his thoughts on Mario Cristobal's hiring at the University of Oregon. Um, you know, I, I'm going to follow up with uh, Jorgie here in a little bit, but the fact that uh, Cristobal brings this certain characteristic of toughness 
how that has differed from Oregon coaches in the past. Look, if you're going to play, you know, college football at the D1 level, you're going to have to be tough. But every coach kind of stresses different things about his program. And and the fact that Cristobal comes in with such a a branding of toughness, uh, I'm eager to see how that might be epitomized with this football team. And Jorgie's back on the line with us right now. Jorgie, I just wanted to follow up uh, with you about Cristobal and and the fact that he he has such kind of a, a toughness about him in terms of his personality and his philosophy. Philosophy. Uh, how do you think that will make him stand out from from previous Oregon head coaches? Well, I mean, that's one of the things I, I'm glad you said that because I really like that about him. Uh, I think that uh, with the way that they've got this ship turned in, in the right direction again, uh, and it, it kind of starts in the trenches in that perception of toughness uh, starts in the trenches. And, and that's the, uh, obviously what he brought to the table and brings to the table. And not that Oregon didn't bring that to the table from an offensive line standpoint before, because they did. They've always been near the leaders uh, in the Pac-12 conference and in the country and rushing offense, which has to have a little bit of a toughness that comes with it. But it wasn't always that way the last two or three years on defense in relation to rushing defense. And uh, now this team has a toughness. And I think when you have a head coach that has that mentality, and, and again, the respect that you get from that many players signing a petition, uh, obviously there's far more, more, more players if you have 70 that aren't just on offense but are on defense that like him too. Uh, that's the type of mentality. I just absolutely love about him, and uh, but again, he, he he has such a CEO presence about him too. He just comes in a room and, and exudes that presence, and uh, you know, a guy who's he's got his undergraduate degree and his master's degree, very well educated, very well spoken, very confident coach, and I think that confidence really has spilled onto the rest of the team. And again, like I said, I just think it's really important that you keep the continuity that they have going, hopefully to be able to recapture some of these guys that opened up their recruiting again, uh, that maybe they'll turn that back and go, you know what, that's the guy we wanted to see there, and they can keep that momentum going and then take it into that Las Vegas Bowl. I don't think people realize how important it is to go down there and play well against a Boise State team that frankly has got to have their number a little bit. And uh, I think it's just really, really important that he brings that stability to it immediately, and I'm glad to see the hire. Yeah, that's a good point by you, Jorge, because you know, to me, maybe I'm discounting the importance of the, of the bowl game because of thoughts of the future and next season schedule and what have you, but is there any pressure on Cristobal to uh, lead the team to a solid performance and hopefully a victory in this Vegas bowl game? Because that's the only sample size that we're going to have of him as a head coach uh, for the media to talk about for the next six and a half, seven months. Is there yeah. any pressure on him to, to perform well in this game? Um, I, I don't necessarily think that it, it, it's pressure, I and mean, I don't think he's going to really feel any pressure. Um, but at the same time, I just think it's really important, you know, when you've got the, the, the ESPN game day crew doing number 25 against unranked Oregon, which seems kind of odd that you would have those guys there, but to have Fowler and Herbstreet doing a game on ESPN of the Las Vegas Bowl, the first one to kind of kick everything off that has any type of name to it, you, there might be a few people watching. And I think there's going to be a few people tuning in to be able to see how he handles himself as the CEO now of the football team. Uh, pressure, I don't 
I'd have a hard time maybe stretching it quite that far because he now is the head coach, and uh, it's a big game, and I think it's a really important game to get those guys to, to continue what they got started this year. I think to finish it versus uh, have being a little bit of a splash in the pan and put a whole bunch of points on the board and then go to a bowl game and fizzle. Um, you know, sometimes you got to have a down year like they had last year to go four and eight to really appreciate a Las Vegas Bowl, and, and I think that's what's neat about this team is they're really happy to be there. Happy to have him as a head coach and uh, pressure, no, but at the same time, it's a big game. What do you think this means for Jim Levitt, Jorgie? I mean, we all love Jim and, and what he has done in one season and the results he's produced on that Oregon defense and the stark improvement from 2016 to 2017, but we know that he wants to be a head coach again somewhere, someday, and with Willie Taggart leaving, I know there was a general uh, sense that, that Levitt would go with Willie Taggart to FSU, but that has not been official yet. With Cristobal getting the head coaching job in Eugene, what do you think that means for Jim Levitt? Yeah, that's a great question, and that's the million-dollar question, Jitta. You know, I think so many people, including myself, want to uh, see him still part of the staff, and and uh, you know, and and hopefully uh, Coach Cristobal and and uh, Rob Mullins are able to you know go down that path to be able to keep him here. You know, the nobody knows, nobody knows other than Jim Levitt what's going to lead next. Um, I think he'll have a great opportunity, continue to have a great opportunity, to really build something special here uh, that might lead to something else. You know, whether he goes on down to Florida State with Coach Taggart and his staff down there, um, you know, I'd love to be able to answer that question. I think that's the big question that you and I and everybody else has. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, obviously the staff has a great relationship and they really like each other. But uh, it's tough to know if, if one guy or two guys want to be a head coach and one guy is named, uh, does the other guy still want to be around, you know, doing that process? I sure hope so. Love the guy. Obviously, we've seen what he's done with that Oregon defense this year. It's been an amazing turnaround from a team that's one of the worst in the country uh, to a team that's in the upper half and in some categories the upper third or upper quarter uh, of all college teams this year. So uh, I sure hope he stays. I sure hope he wants to be here. I think he wants to be here, and we'll find out here, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks, particularly post-Las Vegas Bowl, if that's going to be the case. I sure hope so. Jorgie, can you recall a week that has been like this? I mean, you've been around the program for a long time. I mean, it's been so crazy. No. Yeah. No, no, I, I can't. I just, it's, you know, to feel uh, as a fan, and I'll, I'll take the fan side of me first, to be really upset at the beginning of the week with how that process played out over the last three or four or five days. Uh, to to look at it this way and go, you know what, I feel really good about this. You know, to go from that down as a fan to that up as a fan, and then as, as a broadcaster and that type of deal to be able to look at it that that way somewhat too of of, of just the way the process kind of ended with Coach Taggart here, even though he, I think he did a great job of reversing the ship and getting it going in the right direction, he and his staff. I think we're finding out that he's a good coach and he's a good recruiter, but you got to surround yourself with some pretty stinking good people oftentimes to be successful. And I think that's what we'll find out here real quick is he, he assembled a pretty good staff, and Oregon's going to hopefully benefit from it with uh, Mario Cristobal being you know, that first one that's going to hopefully gather together uh, a new staff that is maybe made up of a lot of the same guys, maybe partial same guys, maybe some new blood brought into it. But uh, I think Coach Taggart did a good, good, a good, did a good job of assembling it, and uh, Oregon's going to benefit from it, particularly with uh, Coach Cristobal. 
Last thing for you, Georgie, as we let you go, I know we're still a week away from the Vegas Bowl happening, but uh, what kind of storylines do you see uh, about to unfold with this Boise State-Oregon matchup, uh, given that the Ducks do have their new head coach? Well, I, I think it's going to be a really, a really good game. Uh, you know, Boise State has played some tremendous defense all year long. Uh, they, they're not the high-scoring offense of Boise State teams in the past, but with Cedric Wilson and and, and a, a great tight end, and, and obviously Brett Rippon playing at the quarterback position, and, and Cozart, a guy that's more of a runner than a passer, uh, and a team that doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, they're I think they're plus 11 or plus 12 in the turnover margin, which is tremendous and I think has led them to a lot of victories this year. I look for it to be a, a really, really good game. A passionate Boise State fan base that hates Oregon. I can tell you that from growing up over there because I still go back over there all the time wearing my green and yellow. I have people throw my face that we've never beat them in football. They love it and they don't like Oregon and they, they, they I think covet the opportunity again to be able to take Oregon on in a, in a bowl game and they'll be fired up as they always are when they play a Pac-12 team or a big five team they don't get many opportunities to do it almost took down washington state earlier in the season they're looking forward to this game and i tell you i think oregon really is looking forward to this game too so it might be a little bit of chippiness to go with it too who knows <laughs> i hope so and look hey it might have the espn a team of, of uh, herb street and fowler but we all know what duck fans are going to do georgie they're going to turn on the game on espn and mute it and then get their radio put it next to them and listen to jerry Allen and Mike Jorgensen on the call, right? That a boy, Judah. The checks <laughs> in the mail. I really appreciate it. So yeah, I hope people do that. So it's the goat. It's Mike Jorgensen. Mike, uh, thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate it, and uh, have a good one. All right, Judah. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yep, that is Jorgie himself. You can follow him on Twitter at Jorgie underscore Mike. I just called him Mike on his way out, and it felt weird. Felt wrong. It was on accident. I swear. But uh, always good to get Jorgie on. Continuing to take the reaction to Mario Cristobal being hired as the next Duck head football coach. Call in at 503-417-7575. Your thoughts, do you like it? Are you kind of in wait-and-see mode? It was interesting. I think the number one factor with all this has been timing. Not to say that it's the wrong hire, because I like it. I think it's the right hire. But I think the best thing going for Cristobal in terms of pitching himself as a head coach was the context of the timing because recruiting is everything in this day and age and recruiting is of the essence this weekend. Mario Cristobal is your new head football coach. We'll go away and come back on the other side. Judah Nuba here with you. 1029-750, the game. Hey, it's me, Jim Rome. Let's talk Portland weekday mornings at 9 on 1029 and 750, the game. Cristobal, the new head coach here for the University of Oregon. He'll be uh, succeeding Willie Taggart. Aaron Fentress of NBC Sports Northwest was the first one and has since been confirmed elsewhere. A lot of other uh, questions and and uh, concerns. But honestly, there's just optimism and energy with this hiring right now. Let's go out to the phone lines right now where uh, John is at and John Doherty, and I think I am reading this right. Is this the John Doherty from McMinnville, Oregon? Hello? 
Hello. What's up? Hey, this is John. This is John Cornelius. What's up, John? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I think Cristobal is a great hire. I was thinking Levitt might be better, but if the players want Cristobal, that's awesome. We we can at least somewhat salvage this recruiting class, I think. And um, I don't like the fact we don't have a normal. You guys don't have a normal call-in show in the afternoons. You have a. You- Thanks for the phone call. Five zero three four one seven seventy five seventy five. Um, you know, John Gonzalez coming up noon to 3 p.m. You can get on here with some more of your reaction. Uh, Bruce Feldman, uh, Fox Sports, Sports Illustrated. He'll be joining us coming up here in a few minutes as well. Um, Bobby Bean, you're joining me on the other side of the glass, too. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this? I mean, I know that we were both kind of optimistic and bullish about Cristobal as a, as a hire for Oregon football and moving forward what it means. But, you know, honestly, the best thing going for Mario seemed to be the whole timing of the situation. Timing. Timing for Taggart to go to Florida State. Timing for Cristobal uh, to stay in Oregon. One of the things that um, for Cristobal that I like is the fact that he's going to recruit. He's going to... Uh, make sure that most of these players, probably not the players from Florida, but most of these players, especially West Coast players, are going to come and stay in Oregon. And I think it's the first step in the process. And I think Arroyo is the next guy in the process. I think he's the guy that you want to keep here. It's an easy transition. And then after that, obviously, find out what Levitt does. But overall, I think it's the first step in keeping these recruits and keeping the staff together and keeping the um, the flow of the team and everything else. Because I think if you totally blew everything up, you'd blow that recruiting class. This this team would still be pretty good. Let's be honest. You know, an average coach could probably step in this next year and coach this team to nine ten wins. Okay, mm-hmm. um, because of the talent that's on the field. But it's after that. It's longevity. It's sustaining that ten win season. It's getting the Ducks in the Pac-12 championship, getting the Ducks in the college playoff. That's what our coach that, or that's what the Ducks coach, the next coach needs to do, needs to think about, needs moving forward. And where, where does that put Jim Levitt's future? I think that's another big question that uh, Duck fans are going to try to answer. And, and I'm not sure if you're going to get an answer anytime very soon, but, um, you know, you would think that since Levitt wants a head coaching job, and at, at some point, and the fact that he just turned, you know, 61 years old earlier this week, that he might be a little bit discouraged that, that the Ducks go another direction with uh, Mario Cristobal instead of himself, even though, you know, Cristobal was probably the leader in the clubhouse if in terms of being the top candidate for promotion from within. For Jim Levitt now, I mean, he's got to be thinking about his future, and it might reside outside of Eugene. You asked me, you said, you know, you asked me about where Levitt – where do I think is a good place for him to take that next step? Uh, and I said longevity at Florida State, but possibly the better um, accomplishment is turning Oregon around and could be quicker for him to get that head coaching position. What do you think? What do you think is a best spot for him to take that next leap? Because wherever he goes, he's not going to be there more than three years, I don't think. I'm not sure if there's anything that Levitt can still do right now to – to either increase or decrease his stock as a head coaching candidate. I think whoever wants to look at him as a head coaching candidate next already has the sample size they need. I think it's helpful that he took the Oregon defensive coordinator job for that one year because the fact that he can improve it improve it in such a drastic way in such a short amount of time does aid him well. But then to just to jump to, say, Florida State and do a good job at Florida State, that wouldn't really impress anybody. 
because of the athletes you have at Florida State already. Um, so, in my opinion, I think, and maybe I'm thinking a little bit selfishly here, but I think his best situation is still here in Eugene. <laughs> I mean, and he's I like over, it. You keep saying that. Just making, keep saying that. He's making over a million a year, right? But the general consensus seems to be that he's out the door. And if he is out the door, you know, whoever Mario Cristobal goes with next as his head coach is a very, very important, important decision. I'm not sure who else would be out there. But another question, Bobby, too, is, is what does this mean for the Pac-12 landscape? You know, Chip Kelly gets the job at UCLA, and I'm going to ask Bruce Feldman here this coming up, too. Um, but the fact that Chip is at UCLA, you still have Chris Peterson doing his thing at UW. Who knows what Mike Leach's future is in Pullman right now because he's flirting with the whole world. But every Power 5 job is now filled. You know, where does this mean that the Ducks, where do the, where do they fit in the Pac-12 North now that they have this continuity? It's a good question. I think that they, as I said before, I think keeping the coach, going into next year with the continuity, with the quarterback, with Herbert, possible Heisman candidate for next year, I think that uh, it's a good position. What I think the rest of the Pac-12 thinks, what the rest of the fan base outside of Oregon Duck fan I think they don't know enough about Mario Cristobal to have an opinion except to say, oh, they got some new guy that we don't know anything about and that he was on Taggart's staff. And I, But the talent is there to win 10 games. It's after that. If he can keep this class, I'd say some people are saying 50%. I think he can keep more than that because he's touted that he could, and I think it's more along the lines of 70%. Hmm. I think all the Florida guys are out. I do. But I think most everybody else he can keep. He's a good shot to keep. Let's go to the phone lines now. Uh, this is the guy I really wanted to talk to the most about this hiring. Bruce Feldman, Sports Illustrated and Fox Sports. Bruce uh, posted a story earlier. You can follow Bruce on Twitter, at Bruce Feldman CFB. And he wrote just some excellent material earlier this morning on the crystal ball hiring at the University of Oregon and what it means for the program. We're going to be discussing that right now with uh, Bruce Feldman. Bruce, uh, good morning, and thanks for taking the time to join us here on 102.9750 The Game. Uh, your first reaction to Mario Cristobal's hiring by the University of Oregon, what was it? Uh, you know, it's been an interesting ride. I mean, I'll be honest. I've known Mario and I went to college together in Miami 20-plus years ago. So, um, you know, just knowing what he took over at, at FIU and how awful that situation was, and then he got him to a bowl, and then there was a, basically a power struggle with his, with his AD, who's you know, it was just kind of like a head scratch for that. They pulled the plug. And then he's bounced around. You know, I think he was trying to be choosy about what jobs he could take. And, you know, he obviously worked for Nick Saban. And then he came out here, out to the West Coast to go work for Willie and was intrigued by it. And when I visited him, we had Oregon, Nebraska early in the season. So I got to have dinner with him and his family. And it seemed like they really liked it out there. He has young kids. And the things I'll tell you about him is, and I'm not, this is really not her, her hyperbole, but it's going to sound like this. I don't think there's a better recruiter in all of college football. I mean, he is a charismatic, high, high, high energy guy. Um, and he was a big piece, big key piece in how Greg Schiano turned Rutgers from a doormat to respectable. And I just, you know, I've been around him a lot. I just think he, he, you know, in that front, he makes a lot of sense. Now, it's going to be critical to see what kind of staff he puts together, you know. Um, Willie had a really good staff, and I would imagine a bunch of those guys, I would not be surprised if they ended up, you know, in at Florida State with him, but we'll see, you know. Um, 
that remains to be seen. I'm sure that's a big part of Mario's recruiting is going to be keeping some of these guys. But um, just in terms of that, you know, I was kind of like, whoa, because I knew Kevin Sumlin was a factor in this coaching search. And I knew that, that Brian Harson has a really good record at Boise State uh, and possibly Jeff Tedford could have been in the mix, you know. And um, But for people who don't know Mario, I mean, you know, no one is going to outwork him, and that's uh, that is the truth. That's not that's not just idle talk. You know, Bruce, uh, there's a lot of kind of discussion going on about what Duck fans can expect from Mario Cristobal's personality as a head coach. But you know him personally. What's his personality like behind the scenes? What can you kind of uh, paint a picture for for Duck fans on what Mario is like? He's a fiery, fiery, intense guy. He's a big family guy. I mean, I see that, you know, uh, having been around his wife and kids, you know, not just at Oregon this past, you know, September, but also back when they were at, at Alabama. You know, he's a big loyalty guy. I'm sure you guys probably have heard this story about he, like, he almost ended up in the Secret Service because at one point he was thinking about that, but he, you know, has really believed in coaching. And I'll tell you this, like, just the Miami connection, like a couple of his former players, Eric Winston, who's been in the NFL for probably a dozen years now, um, played for Mario when he was at Miami in, in the early 2000s. And was just like he was texting me a lot yesterday going, has he really got a real good shot at this? And so there was a lot of guys who were excited about it because, you know, he is a he is a, a grassroots guy. I mean, he's been really good about that. I mean, this is Mario. Like, when Miami had terrible facilities, I remember his feeling was, hey, if kids don't want to come here because they're going to get swayed by some of that, um, then they don't need to be here. Then we don't want those kids. Now, obviously, he's at Oregon where the facilities are awesome. But in terms of having the edge, um, Mario Cristobal won't have a soft football team. I, that I can promise you. Will they? Will they you know, overtake Chris Peterson and David Shaw in the Pac-12 North? I mean, that's not going to be easy. But I'll say this, and this is a credit not just to Willie, but it's also to, to Coach Helfrich. There's a lot of really good young talent in that program. I mean, it's not just Justin Herbert. It's, you know, I don't know, what do they start, a dozen freshmen and sophomores? So, I mean, Mario inherits a much better situation than he, than he did uh, than, than, than he certainly did at FIU. Obviously, that was abysmal. But I think he inherits a really good situation here. So of all the jobs that I think he had been potentially in the mix for over the years, um, you know, this is for, fortunate for him that he's, you know, it's a good good timing event as well. Bruce Feldman, Sports Illustrated and Fox Sports, joining us here on 102.9750 The Game. Uh, Bruce, what do you think Mario's most important task will be in terms of filling out his assistant staff, uh, given the fluidity with Taggart's recent departure and given the fact that Jim Levitt has done one hell of a job as his defensive coordinator, and Duck fans are wary that Levitt will leave. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it'll be important to see if he can keep Marcus Arroyo there. I mean, Marcus is a really good coach. He's also a really, really good recruiter. I mean, I found that out. We did an Oklahoma State game earlier this year, and Mike Gundy talked about the impact he had in Stillwater. So uh, I think Marcus would be a big, would be a key also. I mean, you want to keep your coordinators. I don't think it's going to be easy to keep to keep Jim Levitt there, but if he can do that, obviously that'd be a huge coup because because Levitt did great, not just in in Eugene this year, but I mean what he did at, at CU was pretty remarkable. Um, but I also think 
keeping keeping Marcus around, you know, with Justin and, and keeping some of that in play, I think it'd be very, very critical if he can pull that off. The fact that Justin Herbert is going to be on his third head coach in, in three years, um, what what does that mean for him? I mean, he, he obviously here in, in Duck Nation, everybody's familiar with the talent that Justin Herbert has, but he doesn't seem to get the national attention that a lot of other quarterbacks across the country get. So as Herbert goes into his junior season, uh, is there any concern about the fact that he's now going to have a third head coach in three years? Well, I'll preface it by saying this. Uh, the guy who most people think is the top NFL quarterback prospect in the country, Josh Rosen, he's had three different quarterback coaches and three different OCs in his three years. And if he chooses to stay UCLA, it'll be four and four years. So, you know, I think the NFL people will know that. I think in Justin's case, you know, his development is keep coming and coming. And, and I think if he was not hurt for half the year, I think much more people outside of the West Coast would know. I mean, our crew, myself, Brady Quinn, and Joe Davis, you know, we were blown away by by Justin and what we saw and what we heard from Willie and that staff. And I think just as he matures and gets more comfortable and more assertive, as a, you know, does some of those things that I think will, will will keep coming as he as he gets older. And I don't think a lot of those things are physical. I just think those are a lot of things that just um, sometimes when you talk about maturity. You know, it's like kind of a euphemism for a kid does stupid stuff off the field, or he doesn't have the great work ethic, or whatever. In Justin's case, I don't, I don't think that's it at all. That's obviously not an issue. I mean, a kid's brilliant in school, and everybody loves him, and he does the work. I just think it's just in terms of just as he becomes more assertive and does, and just kind of gets more acclimated, and because you know you're thrown into the deep end of the pool as a freshman and sophomore, especially under the circumstances he took over, and so. I think that'll just keep getting better and better. Like I'll be, I'll be stunned if, if people aren't talking about Justin Herbert, you know, when he eventually leaves Oregon as a as a first round pick. I mean, there's nothing he doesn't have. I mean, he's got great size. He's really athletic. He's very accurate. He throws well on the run. He works hard and he's smart. I mean, you know, if the NFL doesn't love that, I don't know what they're looking for. <laughs> Indeed. And Bruce, there's a lot of optimism already about the Ducks for next season because it's a very soft non-conference schedule. Um, you know, people don't want to necessarily call them cupcakes, but we're, we're honest here. It's a cupcake September with home games with Bowling Green, Portland State, San Jose State. And then it kind of eases the Ducks into their uh, conference schedule. They'll get to host Washington off a of bye week next fall as well. And, you know, even without knowing that, it, it seems like this team could be a sneaky national contender next year. Uh, the Willie Taggart situation this week kind of put a wrench in that. But now that the head coach position has been filled with Mario Cristobal, do you think the Ducks could be one of those sneaky national contenders, possibly for New Year Six or, dare we say, at a playoff? Or are we getting a little too ahead of ourselves? I think we're getting a little too ahead of ourselves. I mean, it's still <laughs> one set. You know, it's a team that's only won 11 games the past two years combined. So I wouldn't go that far with it. But they're intriguing because of all the young talent, certainly because of Justin. But, you know, last I checked, Chris, Chris Peterson still works in, in Seattle, Washington, and David Shaw still coaches uh, at Stanford. And those, those two guys are going to have quarterbacks back, and they're going to have a lot of talent back. Uh, and Mike Leach is doing well at, at Washington State. So, I mean, it's a formidable challenge and just in that side never mind that if Sam Darnold does in fact decide to stay 
I mean, I think if he stays, I think USC will be more talented this year than they were next year than they were this year just because they had kind of a patchwork offensive line and young wide receivers. So, um, you know, do I think that Oregon should be in the preseason top 25? Absolutely. Do I think that they're ready to make a run, you know, to be a trendy pick to make it to the playoff? I think that's, that's, that's going probably way too far. Fair, fair enough. Um, I will, uh, I will ask you though. Now that every Power Five job has been filled with this crystal ball hire, kind of where do you sense the Pac-12 in terms of the landscape in college football? Given the fact that yes, I mean David Shaw and Chris Peterson are still bedrocks, and they're still doing really well at Washington and Stanford. Mike Leach seems to have a little bit of an odd situation in Pullman, given the fact that he was talking to Tennessee. Uh, you've got UCLA hiring Chip Kelly uh, and everything else, Herm Edwards at Arizona State. So what does this mean for a Pac-12 conference that was left out of the college football playoff this year and many people would say underachieved? Well, I think the Pac-12 got much more interesting, you know, with Chip Kelly coming back. And I think that was a huge win for the conference, uh, to me, he's the biggest home run hire that is out there um, of this mix. Just because you're talking about an innovative coach, not just not just scheme wise, but all the stuff he did in you know in, in in sports performance and development. And UCLA people are fired up in a way that they have not been since I you know I've lived out here for almost 20 years, and I've never seen it like this. It's not to say Jim Moore didn't do a pretty good job and you know beat USC a bunch of times in a row for a while, but. I think that's a difference maker. And, you know, looking at it as a whole, I mean, you know, with Mike Leach, it's always going to be a weird deal because Mike's, you know, and I say this somewhat, you know, affectionately, Mike's a weird guy, you know, and so that is always going to be the way it is. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, I mean, he's still there. And I think that, you know, we'll see who they hire as an AD. I think that the, you know, there's some stuff that has to be sorted out and smoothed over. But, you know, he, he lost his AD before Bill Moose, who had, obviously people people out there really know a lot about. Moose was a great AD, especially for Leach. And now he's in Nebraska. So I think that, you know, there's going to be some, some challenges there in Pullman. But considering that they were like, you know, one game away from, from winning the Pac-12 North, um, it shows you how far they've come considering they think they'd only won nine games combined in the previous four years before they showed up. Bruce, thanks so much for taking the time on a short notice on a busy day. We really appreciate it and the insights that you have on Mario Cristobal. I mean, having personally known him since college, I mean, that couldn't have had on anyone better to, to talk about uh, Mario. Is, has, last thing for you, has he changed any since, uh, since college, since when you knew him at Miami? Uh, no, I think he's a, he's a little more low key, you know, just, I mean, you know, maybe he's lost 15 pounds cause he was an offensive lineman, you know, but I mean, he is, you know, he is that guy where he's just very, um, you know, I, I think people will see, I mean, he's as good a recruiter and you're going to like, you see when the players had that groundswell of support yesterday or last night, that didn't surprise me because, you know, he just when you have a guy who is such a good recruiter and, and relates so well to players and there's a certain charisma there, I mean, it gets people on board. And so um, I think that'll play well. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're going to win championships there or get to the level they had under Chip because that's, that's, you know, that's not going to be easy. But I think for people who don't know much about him, I would just say, um, 
you have no idea how bad, you know, what he did at the school he first was a head coach at. And I think he's grown a lot from his time under Nick Saban, uh, especially, and learned a lot from that, that time. That's, that experience, I think, helped him and will help him as he goes forward with this, with this situation. Follow Bruce on Twitter at Bruce Feldman CFB, and uh, we also tweeted out a link at 1029 The Game to his piece on Mario Cristobal. Uh, Bruce, thanks so much for taking the time, sir. Really appreciate it. You got it. Good to be on with you. Thanks. Absolutely. That is Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports and Sports Illustrated. We'll go away. Come back top of the hour. Your reaction continuing. 503-417-7575. Mario Cristobal, the next head coach of Oregon Duck football, replacing Willie Tagger. There is an added piece to the Willie Tagger era now, and it comes in the form of one of his assistant coaches. He's going to be the next face in Eugene. More of your reaction coming up next. Judah Newby here with you. 102.9-750 The Game. Bill Ryder here. Talk smack with Jim Rome weekdays at 9 on 1029 and 750 the game. Third and 11. Herbert play action to throw. Only a three-man rush. Down the middle going way down to Mitchell. Got it. Touchdown. Oops. That was too quick. I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) And obviously Oregon State was not ready for it either. Closest man, David Morris, looked up after Mitchell made the grab and was strolling in the end zone and was like, oh, no. Oh, no. He threw that 55 yards on a rope. Well, Justin Herbert's coming back, but for his third season in Eugene, he's going to have a third head coach. Mario Cristobal named the full-time head coach of Oregon Duck football this morning, first reported by NBC Sports Northwest, since confirmed multiple places elsewhere. Jock Gazzano will have the bald-faced truth right here on the game coming up in one hour's time, noon to 3 p.m. You won't want to go anywhere. You want to be right here for that on your home of the Ducks, 102.9-750 the game. Judah Newby here with you. We're taking your reaction to Mario Cristobal's hiring at University of Oregon at 503-417-7575. You can also tweet us at 1029 The Game. Do you like it? Are you ambivalent? Are you in wait-and-see mode? Do you want to see how the early signing day goes? December 20th is when that opens up. Do you need a little bit more time and a little bit more answers before you make an evaluation? But what is your first reaction to overall so far a sense of optimism, including from yours truly? Mario Cristobal was the name I was most bullish on earlier this week after Taggart's departure. After Cristobal, I was kind of in the Kevin Sumlin or Jim Levitt camp. But overall, Cristobal was the number one guy on that list. And to be honest, his number one asset in terms of this coaching search was timing. He had timing on his side. Remember, the early signing period, I mean, it's in its infant stages of even existing in college football. You know, even last year, we had signing day in February. Now we've got an early signing period this year, and that really expedited the process. That really added a layer of urgency to Rob Mullen's timetable here. And given that Mario Cristobal is the most connected recruiter for this 2018 class that's not named Willie Taggart, and given his recruiting skills moving forward and what he's done at Alabama and what he was able to do at Rutgers, helping turn that program around when he was an assistant under Greg Schiano, And obviously what he was able to do getting Florida international from being the worst program in college football to a bowl game. win. he won a bowl game at FIU 
and he was able to do that in just four seasons. So even though he goes 27 and 47 at FIU from 07 to 2012, don't count that as a failure. What he did was actually very, very impressive earlier as a head coach in his career in the state of Florida. Still taking your calls at 503-417-7575 as well. Let's go out to Brian. What's up, Brian? Uh, thank you for the call. I think Munch did the right thing. I like the hire. If you want to keep Levitt and the staff, get out the checkbook. I'll take your comments. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the phone call. Uh, get out the checkbook. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Jim Levitt's making a lot of dough already. I mean, over a million a year to be a defensive coordinator at the D1 level is good. But do you just go even higher? I mean, if it's really between staying at University of Oregon and going to FSU, look, I, I understand FSU is, is, you know, they're poised for some big things as well. But does an FSU D coordinator job under Willie Taggart really all that much better than what he's got going right now? Boosting the stock of an Oregon defensive unit as he has over one season, making over a mil per year. I mean, really, does he have that much incentive to leave? I mean, I know it's been reported that he's going to Tallahassee already. I'm just thinking out loud here. And maybe I'm thinking a little bit with duck colored glasses on. They're not going to pay him anymore. They, they, they won't pay him anymore. No. Yeah. But, and, and that's not what's going to fix the problem either. That, I, I, I don't, don't think so. And I don't necessarily think they should be paying him anymore. He's one are. of the highest paid assistant coaches in the country, if not the. And. That being said, I think he's got a pretty good situation, completely objectively. He's got a great situation in Eugene right now. I don't, I don't know why he would be so quick to just up and leave. Or am I missing something there? Is really taking the same job at an ACC school that got six wins this year, is really taking the same job at an ACC school that was barely bowl eligible this year. And I understand Taggart's there and DeAndre Francois was hurt. All year long. I understand that. <laughs> but I'm just playing devil's advocate. Is that job? It's this, It's a lateral move. Yeah, it's not like the head coaching job. Now, it's the state of Florida where he has more head coaching ties. Um, Is it an easier job? Is that the thing? I don't know. He doesn't want the easier job. He's got something How so good know? going on right now. It's Jim Levy. He wants a challenge. And he's got a, he's got a great challenge right now. Now I'm really talking with duck colored glasses on. But five zero three four one seven seventy five seventy five is the phone number. Uh, thanks to Bruce Feldman. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Bruce Feldman CFB. He joined us about twenty minutes ago with his thoughts, and that was really interesting. Given Bruce's personal connection to Mario Cristobal, they went to college together as undergrads at University of Miami in the early nineties, and Cristobal was on that ninety one Miami team that split the national title with University of Washington. That's just kind of a fun anecdote to think about now that Cristobal is back in the Pac-12. And it's it's interesting to think about where the Pac-12 is among the landscape of college football. Of course, shut out of the New Year's Six this year. Well, I mean, technically, I guess uh, USC is going to the Cotton Bowl and Washington's going to the Fiesta Bowl, right? So not the New Year's Six, but shut out of the college football playoff in a season in which... They were expected to maybe produce another national title contender. I know USC was the favorite in the Pac-12, but you just had Washington go to the college football playoff as a four seed last year. The fact that no one from the Pac-12 really came all that close to making the college football playoff this year. USC was your best shot, and, and they were a two-loss team. Um, you know, Where does this put the University of Oregon football program within the Pac-12, and where does this put the Pac-12 in the landscape of the country? I mean, there was a, so much coaching transition this year. In so many different places. It was amazing. 
I like it, it was amazing. Yeah, I like the fact that I think Oregon's going to fly under the radar for the first six games next year. I really do. I think that people are going to say, yeah, they're within the top 25, and they're going to be 15 to 25 in the first ranking. And I think that they're going to cruise through those first six, seven games. And, well, I would say cruise, except for they got Stanford in their in their opening Pac-12 matchup. So, um, But I think they're going to um, – I, I think they're going to fly into the radar, and I think that they're going to surprise people. And by the end, they're going to be they're going to be right up there fighting Washington for that Pac-12 North championship. Yeah, I really think so too. And look, I, Bruce Feldman said it as well. The Ducks will be ranked to open the season in his mind. He thinks they will. Um, but then when I posed if they could be a sneaky <laughs> like national college football playoff contender, he's like, I think we're getting way too ahead of ourselves here with talk like that. But I don't think it's that crazy. I what, mean, is that the goal? But I think the goal should be winning the Pac-12 North. That's the initial yeah. first goal of this football team. I you're, You do have rose-colored glasses over there, and it's, you know, it's... Isn't it cute? It's Isn't it cute. Nice? I should probably take the glasses off. Yeah, that, please do. Uh, that's when the girls yeah, in the Pac-12 movies Pac-12 North. If they, can, if they can win that, then we'll go from there. Okay, y'all are blowing up the phone line, so let's air it out right now. Willie is in Wilsonville. What's up, Willie? Hey, I love the hire. Um, you know, if you look at the team right now, so just kind of talking about what you guys were just talking about, I would say that this team has potentially top 10 talent on it right now today. Now, I realize that some of those are going to be graduating, but if you look at next year and the year after, and, then, and if you look at the way that he can recruit, I, I just think that that – this could be like another new era of greatness ahead of us. And I'm, if you can't tell, I'm super excited that we're able to keep Mario. I think it's a home run. There it is. Willie's in Wilsonville. He's on board with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Now, I don't want to get too optimistic too early because technically this is still, if you can't say it, it's a developing rebuild. I mean, it's not a rebuild from ground zero, absolutely. I think Willie Taggart got this in a positive trajectory moving forward, but you don't know what kind of assistance Crystal Ball is going to keep. Is Marcus Arroyo the most important assistant that he's got to keep on, or is it Jim Levitt? And if Jim Levitt does indeed leave, you know, you better hope that Marcus Arroyo stays because I think I really like that pairing in terms of building an offense, Crystal Ball and Arroyo. And the question I have now about the Duck offense moving forward is what it's going to look like because – you know, Arroyo was co-OC, Cristobal was co-OC, running the Willie Taggart offense. So now that Willie's no longer there, Cristobal's the head coach, is he going to be the play caller? Who is he going to give play calling duties to? And if it is Arroyo, what is Marcus Arroyo's first offense going to look like? You know, I'm fascinated by all that. You know, people think the Oregon Duck offense has been so flash and dash, right? That's kind of been the national branding around it because they've been so damn fast. But this is the top, one of the top rushing schools in college football history. Did you know that there are only three programs in the entire country, three programs in the entire country to have ever produced a pair of 5,000-yard career rushers? It'd be the University of Texas with Cedric Benson and Ricky Williams. It would be Wisconsin with uh, Ron Dane and Monty Ball. 
And it would be the University of Oregon Ducks. Man, La- I thought you La- Michael James and Royce Freeman. Those three programs, no other program in the country has produced two 5,000-yard rushers in their career. When you said three and I didn't know the three you were saying, I thought USC would definitely be in there. For yeah. some reason, I just did. I well, just they, thought- look, USC with, with Mike Garrett and, of course, OJ, all those guys from back then, and Reggie Bush to follow, Charles White, like, that used to be running back you. Uh, still taking your phone calls at 102.9750 The Game. Tammy's in Beaverton. What's up, Tammy? Love it, can't leave it, because Florida State is a Coke school, not a Pepsi school. Oh, let's go. Tammy, you've thought about it. That's great. That's good. And, you know, I think we're going to be okay with Cristobal, because Taggart called the plays last season, and I thought it was a little unimaginative when Herbert got hurt and we had to go to Burmeister. I thought that our quarterback call, our play calls were a little unimaginative. So I'm looking forward to what they can bring to us with a healthy Herbert. Yep, that's a really good point, Tammy. Thanks for the phone call. It opens up a phone line at 503-417-7575. She's right. That's the right word to use for it, unimaginative. Uh, it was not creative with Burmeister. Now, the that's a dialogue, right? There's two sides to that equation because – you only get creative and imaginative when you have trust between a play caller and a quarterback. There was no trust there to do anything creatively. But when don't it was you try? Braxton Burmeister. You would think that you would try at some point in the line, and there wasn't really much of an attempt being <laughs> he didn't made. Even try. He did not try. No. Uh, Brian is out in Wilsonville. What's up, Brian? Man, I don't. There must not be a lot going on in Wilsonville today because it seems like all your callers are from here. That's so, true. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, that's three for three from, from uh, Wilsonville, Brian. We're all, we're all just sitting around reading online and Twitter, like, anxiously awaiting the news. But um, <laughs> here's, here's a couple things. You know, like, when we all talk about who we want to hire in any kind of profession or, or whatever, maybe you look at traits, right? So here's here's kind of what we know about Cristobal. I mean, it's kind of been said about the guy when you read, like, Grife or whoever writing the, writing the stuff about him earlier this year. So we know that this dude was a judo champion, so obviously that takes a ton of discipline, any martial art, right? So the guy has discipline. He's the son of Cuban immigrants, so he knows sacrifice. He's seen his parents sacrifice everything. He's, you know, he's got that work ethic, and I'm sorry, that might not be politically correct, but immigrants generally have a better work ethic, and their kids have a lot stronger work ethic than most, you know, American kids do. They just do. Um, dude has three rings, right? Two as a player, one from Saban. And everybody knows he was accepted into the Secret Service and was basically living in poverty as a graduate assistant. And I guess on his first day, he was supposed to report to work. The story goes, he called him up and said, hey, guys, I want to try being a coach. It's my career. He's been under Saban. And then the other thing that I thought was funny, I saw some stuff on Twitter last night. We all know, you know, Twitter is gospel, right? Well, uh, this Miami reporter, this, this beat writer in Miami was telling a story of how when Urban Meyer, I guess, left Florida, he was talking smack about a lot of Miami high school players in the inner city there, and he was saying how he was glad he didn't have to do that anymore because a lot of inner city Miami players are criminals and thugs. And allegedly, Cristobal called him up and said, you keep talking crap about my town, I'm going to kick your ass. Um, and... So I, I thought that's kind of cool. So we don't know what he's going to be as a coach, but I think all those traits generally would tell me someone's at least going to have a little bit of success. 
Yeah, I so, appreciate that. That's uh, Crystal Ball's agent, Brian in Wilsonville. Uh, good good stuff right there, Brian. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, 503-417-7575. We'll hit the break here. Continue to take your reaction here on 102.9750 The Game. Mario Cristobal, the new head coach of Oregon Duck Football. What do you think of it? Get at me as well on Twitter, at Drew Danube, and tweet at 102.9 The Game. We'll be back on the other side after this. From your laptop to your car, have ears, will travel. Portland's leader in sports is everywhere. Everywhere. 1029 and 750, the game. Judah Newby are worth you taking you up to the ball fish with John Cantano, 12 to 3 here on 1029 750. The game continuing to take your reaction to the breaking news this morning. Mario Cristobal, the next head coach of Oregon Duck football. Uh, Matrell McGraw, who's a safety on the Oregon Duck defense, he just put out on Twitter uh, that Coach Hayward staying, exclamation point. Uh, in reference to Keith Hayward. So it looks like there's one domino, albeit not one of the dominoes that we're looking for in terms of the assistant coaching staff that's going to be either sticking on with Mario Cristobal or going elsewhere. But Keith Hayward, uh, certainly an asset on the defensive coaching staff. I know he was rumored a little bit to be connected to possibly going to Oregon State and Jonathan Smith's staff there. But Keith Hayward will be staying on with uh, Mario Cristobal coaching safeties for the Oregon Duck defense, at least according to that tweet by safety Matt McGraw. Let's go out in Portland. That's where Kirk's at. Kirk, what do you think of the hire? I think the hire is great. I think it's um, probably about as well as you could have done at this point in time with a lot of coaches uh, taking positions elsewhere. Uh, I think Chris of all brings a great reputation, of course, as a recruiter. Uh, having ties to the state of Florida, I think you, you can't go wrong with that. I just really called in to comment about the, the subject earlier about Jim Levitt possibly going to Florida State and that being a lateral move. I just feel like with the prestige at Florida State, three Heismans, three national championships, I don't really see it as a lateral move. I mean, Oregon, they have recent success, recent history, but they're not on the level with Florida State. Prestige-wise, but, but it's not the head coach. Months. It's not the head coach at FSU. It's the defensive coordinator. It's the same job. I mean, it's it might be a more prestigious school, but I think prestige only matters if you're taking the head coaching job, not an assistant job. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, you also have to look at the how jo- how easy the job would be to recruit in Florida versus convincing a kid to come from Florida or Texas or California to Oregon. And I'm a little bit biased. I'm, I live in Oregon. I'm from Florida, and I've coached football on a professional level as well as a college level. So I'm, I'm a little bit biased in that aspect. But I just think it's an easier job to recruit right in your backyard versus getting a kid to come to Oregon. That I don't disagree with. I think you're you're right on that, Kirk. I just am not sure if if Levitt wants easy right now. And again, maybe I'm biased the other way. Thanks for the phone call. Five zero three four one seven seventy five seventy five. Yeah, it's easier to get better talent in the state of Florida when you're coaching in the state of Florida. Yes, I I agree with that, and I understand that. But again, I think that advantage matters more when you're a head coach and not when you're a defensive coordinator. We're talking about two D.C. jobs. That's what we're talking about. And keep in mind, Florida State's best defensive player, Derwin James, is going to the NFL. It's To me, I think you do more for your stock by dominating as a D.C. at Oregon than you would 
by doing good as a D.C. at FSU. If Levitt can replicate his success as a defensive coordinator with the Oregon Ducks, that does more to boost his stock because he's doing more with less. Does that not enhance his professional trajectory more than it would if he just did a good job at Florida State? Because good is expected at Florida State. That's where I sit on it. I think Levitt can do more to help himself becoming a head coach in his future by staying at Oregon than by leaving to FSU. Do you agree? 503-417-7575. Dan is in Portland. What's up, Dan? Hey, uh, yeah, I think Cristobal is a really good uh, hire, you know, especially with the um, new schedule next year. I mean, it screams 10-2, and you know, and I think uh, he's sliding in right at the perfect time. Um, you know, um, just to be the head coach. And I think it's just an awesome hire. And Oregon's going to fly high um, next year. And what do you guys think about the new slogan? I'm, I've, I've dubbed him uh, Christo Ballin. <laughs> so uh, I think it's a good fit. And if Levitt doesn't stay, so be it, you know. And um, uh, they'll, figure out, they'll figure it out from here on out. Yeah. Oh, sorry to let you go there, Dan. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I agree. Yeah, I think it's the right hire. The schedule is going to be soft. It's going to be easy. It's going to be kind of tailor-made for success. Dave's in Vancouver. What's up, Dave? Oh, thanks. I don't know if the schedule's. I mean, it's going to be soft this year, but this last year was soft. and They barely made 7-5. and five. But uh, my question is on the, the new hire of the coach. Since he's an assistant coach, do they um, – can they give him the uh, – that same pay he's making a million a year for the head coach, or do they redo his contract? Because, you know, I have a kid that goes to Oregon, and I'm just curious how they pay these coaches so much money. Yeah. No, I, I, it's a um, good – sorry, Dave. Yeah, I uh, – you know, it's an interesting uh, strategy just to promote someone so they come at a discount, but, no, that is not what happens. It's going to be a brand-new contract. <laughs> to become the head coach of a Division One program from where you were as co-offensive coordinator. Uh, Wilsonville again. Dude, Wilsonville's been showing up in a big way today. I don't know what's going on on a Friday in Wilsonville, but t- that's where TJ's at. What's up, TJ? Hey, yeah. Um, so I, I think, in my opinion, if, if, uh, if we're talking Levitt as a lateral move, uh, I agree 100%, and I also think that when you're when you're a defensive coordinator in a in a school like Oregon and you take them from you know 127 to 40s and then if he stays and does more at Oregon, you know that exceeds expectations in the national standpoint as opposed to being at a place like Florida State and being in the 30s or the 20s. That's actually I think it's not exceeding expectations. It's more of an average. Uh, uh, average looking job especially when you're at a high stakes school like that so I think if Levitt stays around for you know a year or two and you know brings us to a top 10 defense in the nation that'll set him up for really any gig that he wants as opposed to you know doing 30s or 20s at Florida State that's kind of you know uh, that that doesn't look as well trying to get a better job so um, I also think that uh, you know, if Levitt doesn't stay, who knows who, who Cristobal has in mind? You know, we might be surprised at him bringing somebody in that we have no idea, um, okay. you know, what he can do. 
So Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks for the phone call, TJ. Uh, before we go out to break, let's uh, go out to Lori in Portland. What's up, Lori? Hi. I, I My goal, my hope is that Phil Knight will say, you know what, I don't have that much more time. I want to win a championship. I'm going to pay Jim Levitt whatever it takes to keep him. Cristobal could be in, in on board for that. And that's going to be the best situation. And I think it's going to happen myself. That's, Of course, I'm a homer, but that's what I hope for. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for the phone call, Lori. Yeah, that's uh, faith in Phil, ultimate faith in Phil. Look, that can be a Duck fan's default position. That's fine. But Jim Levitt's already being paid over a million a year. I mean, how many D coordinators are getting that kind of money? Not many. So I don't think a pay raise is going to be the answer here. You can't just throw money at at an assistant and just make it as big as possible. That's going to detract from what Cristobal will able to supplement around him outside of the defensive coordinator as well. Just real quick. For example, Florida State's D coordinator, $500,000 approximately. Okay, so that's you, Oregon fans, get an idea. You're not going to pay Levitt anymore. He's not going to get any more money. And I don't think he needs more money to stay. I think as it is right now, you know, Lord willing, he'll look at the Oregon opportunity and say that he can do more for his stock on a professional level by excelling at Oregon than he will from being decent at Florida State. More of your calls, 503-417-7575. Bobby's got an update, and I'll be back on the other side. JC coming up at noon. Dan Patrick, Jim Rohn, John Canzano, Bill Ryder, the best in sports on 1029 and 750 The Game. Judah Newby are with you, 1029 750 The Game, taking you up to the BFT with Sean Canzano, new to 3 p.m., and taking more of your reaction to Mario Crystal Balls, hiring at the University of Oregon, as the next football coach replacing Willie Taggart. 503-417-7575 is the phone number. You can also reach us on Twitter at 1029thegame. Uh, Pat's out in Portland. What's up, Pat? <clears throat> well, you guys, um, you know, I don't know what to think about this, but there's one thing that does concern me is Dave Bartu says this is not a good hire, and that worries me. I really trust this guy. And uh, I, I really believe in Dave Bartu. I believe in those metrics. Um, the fact that they say he's not that good is worrying me. And uh, he is saying that we have to get Levitt. And so I think we need to pull up the uh, Brinks truck and, and do what it takes to get this guy, if it can be done. Um, there's one other thing, too. It's kind of neat that we're even considered in the same breath with Florida State on getting a coach. I mean, it really shows you how far this program really has come. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the phone call. Um, interesting. There's a vote for Cristobal being a bad hire, and that's in reference to Dave Bartu. It's our friend uh, at CFB Matrix. I mean, Dave has come on this program. He's come on with John many times. You can follow Dave on Twitter, at CFB Matrix. Um, he had a tweet two hours ago. 67-92. and 92. Combined record of head coaches Rob Mullins has hired to coach the Oregon Ducks in the last 400 days. 67 to 92. Wow. So that's that's a shot. That is a shot. Bartu also says that the Pac-12 now has three of the worst head football coach hirings this offseason or this, this coaching carousel cycle. Three of the worst hirings have been in the Pac-12, and he is referencing Herm Edwards. I know that. Yeah, I know that, too. That's you. <laughs> he also thinks it's referencing Chip Kelly. Or actually, no, he might be talking about Jonathan Smith, now that I think about it. And in this one, Mario Cristobal would be included. 
I don't think he's talking about Chip. Yeah, no. I think you're right. I think he's talking John about John Smith. Yeah. And so that those that's uh, Dave Bartu's thoughts on that. Hmm. I'll just let that one sit. That's interesting. Brings you back to reality here and, you know, have a little perspective. The combined record of head coaches Rob Mullins has hired to coach Oregon in the last 400 days is 67 and 92. So that's a theory of past, you know, performance being indicative of future performance. And I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Again, FIU. How much can we take away from FIU? 27 and 47. It's the worst program in the country. And in four years, he got them not only to a bowl game, but a bowl game victory. To me, I think you should look on crystal ball and FIU as being a success story, not a failure. The only really reason he's gone is because he went head to head with the AD and, you know, no offense, but I'm not really respecting any AD at FIU. I take Mario Cristobal's future and potential any day of the week. I don't care what the record was. It could have been worse. Do you think Willie Taggart's going to be a head coach at FSU? What was his first years with Western Kentucky? What was his first years with USF? Two win seasons. Comes into the Oregon job and succeeds. Seven wins with losing a starting quarterback half the year. Yeah, so I'm not about that. I think that's off base. And I don't think it's necessarily fair to Cristobal. I think what we should be looking at with Mario Cristobal's hire is what he's done even since that point. What he did to help Greg Schiano rebuild Rutgers, another horrible program. And the talent he was able to recruit to Rutgers and build that and instill confidence and ability in that program. What he was able to do in Tuscaloosa. I can't get away from that. The dude coached under one of the greatest football coaches of all time. Coordinated their run game. One of the best run games in the history of college football. Heisman Trophy candidates and winners annually. He coached the trench war for Ala-freaking-Bama. And he coached him well to a national title. He won a title in 91 with Miami. This guy knows what it takes to win. He knows what it takes to win on a football field. He knows what it takes to win in a living room. He is the face that Duck fans can look at and buy in 110%. And by the way, the hashtag is pretty dope. Crystal Ballin? Doesn't get any better than that. Steve is Crystal Ballin in Portland. What's up, Steve? I have a question for you. Would this coach got an interview prior to Willie Taggart? Would he have? No. Would he been qualified enough for Oregon? Would Oregon interview this coach for a head coach before they hired Willie Taggart? No. No. So why is he qualified now? Because it's a year later, and he's been an amazing. He's been he's been the best. He's been the best recruiter of an historic recruiting class. Wait a minute. You just told me that this man would not qualify for an interview prior to Willie Taggart. Now, we're a year down the road, and all of a sudden, he's a changed human being. He's the greatest coach in the planet. You wouldn't even <laughs> interview him last year. 
He wouldn't even have qualified for a Beaver interview last year. Okay? So let's not go over the top on a guy that probably wouldn't even have got an interview from Oregon. This is a quick fix. What do I do? I'm in trouble. I better hire somebody. All the coaches are gone. This guy never would have even got an interview. Uh, Steve, are you a Beaver fan? Uh, No, I'm actually an Ohio State Buckeye fan. Peace! (laughs) (laughs) Um. You know, in all seriousness, really like the phone call. That being said, we're not talking about, you know, changing as a human being in a year. That's a little, uh, that's a little hyperbole. But he has a point. He wouldn't have been interviewed at this point last year. And technically, Cristobal has never been a full-on offensive coordinator. The highest he's risen has been co-offensive coordinator, which he was this past season. And so I understand that. But a lot can happen in a year. A lot. And what he has been able to do, keep in mind, this was an historic recruiting class for the Oregon Ducks. And Crystal Ball was right dead center in the middle of it. That's what he did in the last year. What else did he do in the last year? He coached one of the worst units in the Pac-12, the Oregon Duck offensive line, into becoming one of the best. You know, you can't just divorce yourself and take the convenient route. Don't look at convenient stats. Don't come up with convenient storylines. Ohio State fan calling in. Hashtag predictable. <laughs> Sam's in Portland. What's up, Sam? Uh, gentlemen, I want to have full disclosure. Um, I'm a Beaver fan, but I'm, I'm going to talk about both schools. I'm wondering if you can answer this. Maybe you guys have some insight. I think part of with Oregon State and Oregon's hires, there's some um, feel-good to it, emotion that's involved. How much of the emotion and the feel-good story, the kind of, well, we're not quite sure about this guy, but, you know, the fans want him, the players want him, the boosters plays into the decision-making rather than is this really the best coach for us moving forward long-term? Because... You know, Cristobal, I think he's a good hire. I, you know, he's been with the program. He's got some experience. I think he'll do okay. And, you know, I think he can probably keep the program going where it's at. Jonathan Smith, I'm not so sure. And part of that is they bring in Riley. Isn't that why they brought in Riley? Because they're not sure as well. So how much does emotion go into these hires? Uh, yeah, emotion plays a large role. There's no doubt about it. And thanks for the phone call, Sam. I think Mike Riley is brought into Oregon State not – I mean, there is some emotion involved there, but he, he's a stabilizing force. I mean, everybody that associates Mike Riley with failure at Oregon State, I think, is a little bit off base. He's an asset in this role. He's a complete asset for Jonathan Smith. I think that's a little bit of a different uh, scenario. But as for this hire, I think that's a good phone call, and it's a sobering um, thing to remember. Okay. Quick question for you. If they didn't have a top-ten recruiting class, where would Cristobal be in the hiring rank is, I think that's oh. one of the main reasons he got hired. Absolutely. And and for if you call in, yes, the experience that they're talking about and the fact that he wouldn't get last year, Oregon hasn't had a top five. They were ranked number one, and they're trying to save this recruiting class the best they can possibly do. And by hiring Cristobal, I think that was the best hire to do that. Here are some guys that Cristobal recruited at Alabama. Calvin Ridley. Dayron Payne, Minka Fitzpatrick, those last two guys are incredible athletes. 
And one of the best offensive players in the country is Calvin Ridley. I mean, this guy, he knows how to recruit individual talent. It's, you know, not to belabor the point. But it is worth reminding yourself that he has not done really anything of significance as a head coach of a power five. You know, but Willie Taggart hadn't done anything either. Y'all liked him until he left. The phone lines are freaking jammed. Let's go out to Vancouver. That's where JD is. What's up, JD? Yeah, I just had a quick comment on your FIU comment. I would actually, you made a really good point. He took a bad program to a bowl game and he won. True that year, he only won five and three in the Sun Belt, but they still got to a bowl game. They did well. I would give that more credit if they continued to build on that. But that was almost like a peak. They did well. They got to bold. Then the last few years, it dropped off again. Whereas, if I'm looking for a coach to build a program, get them to a point, and then maintain that that success, and then get better on it, I didn't really see that at FIU. I saw him get one good year, and then it kind of went back down to where it was before, and then he left. So I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on that because I mean, Oregon. I'm assuming that's what they want to do. They want to continue the momentum. And let's be honest, Nick year, he's going to get in a great great situation he's going to walk into a 9-10 win team i could go coach that team and go win nine or ten games next year the schedule is not tough they have herbert assuming herbert doesn't get injured but so he's in a great opening spot but then can he build off that and then put them where the duck fans think they belong yeah and that's going to be i think the bigger question yeah that's a that's a good point and you know i i struggle with how what to make out of mario cristobal's fau head coaching career because yeah the at some point, the Bill Parcells quote rings true. You are what your coaching record says you are. And he was 27 and 47. And yes, he had success early, and then that success waned and ultimately dissipated by the time he left. But it's FIU. I mean, for one, it's a decade ago from the time that he originally took that job. So yeah, I think he learned a lot. Guess what? Pete Carroll flamed out with the Patriots and the Jets. He took the USC job, one of the greatest college football coaches in history, takes the Seahawks job, wins him a Super Bowl. So why can't you get better? Why why can't you improve? Did he not learn coach? something under Saban? Did he? Did, did, <laughs> yeah. And the, stuff, the ability he was able, the, the talent that he was able to recruit to Rutgers. I mean, look, coaches wax and wane. Okay? He's 47 years old. Why can't he be peaking right now? Why is that out of the question? You know, why Why instead do you look at what he did at FIU in his early to mid-30s and try to make judgments on that? Ultimately, I think the best judgment is that he got him to the wor- from the worst program at FBS to a bowl game win in four years. That's the judgment I'm taking away. Andrew's in Eugene. What's up, Andrew? Gentlemen, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. So uh, a couple things there. I coach, and I'm not going to say where, but the thing is, though, the, the, how Crystal Ball won is Rob Mullins understood that Cristobal is going to win over the children and not the fan base. The fan base is going to come after winning over the recruits. Because just like the previous caller said, you mean a, a goofy trucker from Alabama can coach 10 five-stars and four-stars and an Alabama roster. But the thing is about Cristobal being at FIU is there's budgets involved. You know, there's there's a lot of money involved, and there's a lot of people making football decisions that don't touch the field, that have nothing to do with the recruits. And all of that is encompassed in any coaching position. And so the thing is, Crystal Ball had what he had to work with and what FIU's budget allowed. And so here's the thing, though. You can't put the word build and FIU together. There will never, ever be any building at FIU. 
ever. Yeah. A school where second, you know, where two and three star athletes go that didn't get the, 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 excuse me, the scholarship that they wanted. So for the Duck fans that are looking into his FIU career, you cannot put Build and FIU together. It will not work. But what he has an opportunity here and what he's proven is the classes that he's recruited at Alabama and so far what he saved for us last season and what he's put together this season. Mullins understands that we have to win in the living room first to win on the field. Yeah, that's a good call, Andrew and Eugene. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's the reality of college football. Absolutely. I mean, Willie Taggart is not a great in-game coach. We saw that. But what what made him special? His ability to recruit. You know, that's what makes Mario Cristobal special right now. However, that being said, in order for Oregon to win big, you better damn hope that Mario Cristobal is a good in-game coach. You better damn hope. Because if he's not... And you want this to be your longtime guy? You're looking at the next Jim Mora. Jim Mora could recruit. Watch your mouth. Jim Mora couldn't recruit. Or Jim Mora could recruit, but he (laughs) he was not able to coach in-game, make in-game adjustments. Everybody was all up in arms this year. Oh, the second half offense is terrible. Willie Taggart, not able to make in-game adjustments. We don't know if Mario Cristobal can make in-game adjustments. To be fair, we don't know. We do not know what Mario Cristobal is like in-game as a head coach. But we know that in college football, there are two gridirons. There's the living room, and there's the football field. Crystal ball dominates the living room. I never thought I'd say that over the radio. <laughs> Mario Crystal ball dominates the living room. Can he dominate on the actual football field as a head coach? It's a fair question. And I think amidst the optimism, the energy, the excitement, and the enthusiasm, just sober yourself a little bit, Duck fan. We don't know what this guy's going to be like in-game as a head coach. We just don't know. All right, let's take one more phone call here. Uh, Tori is in Portland wanted to react to what the Ohio State fan said earlier. What's up, Tori? Yeah, I just wanted to make a, a point that he said, would uh, Mario have gotten interviewed if he hadn't been hired by uh, Willie first? I got a question. Would Chip Kelly from New Hampshire ever gotten interviewed if he hadn't been hired by Bilotti first. Heck no, he wouldn't have. Right. So that point was ridiculous. Now, right now, any any hire they make was, was is risky. Any hire is risky. Nobody's a for sure thing. Someone, you know, he did well when uh, Manziel was there, but after Manziel was there, he did what I considered average. Yes, he had winning records, but you have to remember the SEC plays four out-of-conference games, which are generally cream puffs. And then half of the uh, SEC is just kind of average to middling. So a good to better-than-average coach at Texas A&M should win seven games every season. Yeah, sorry, tore up against it, but appreciate the phone call. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, I like Kevin Sumlin. He's a good recruiter. Couldn't develop the talent that he had on the roster. That's the biggest thing especially at the quarterback position. So we would have been recycling the same narratives about Mark Helfrich and Willie Taggart if it was Kevin Sumlin. It'd be like, hey, where's the quarterback depth, Kevin? Where is it? So that was pretty predictable. At least, even though Mario Cristobal is an unknown commodity, you're buying into a potential that's really, really intriguing. And I gotta love that. All right, thanks for indulging me the past three hours. 
Sports. We covered breaking news of Mario Cristobal being hired as the next head football coach at University of Oregon. John Cazano on the Bald Face Truth is coming up next in about uh, four minutes' time. 503-417-7575 is the phone number. Judah Newby here with you. 102.9, 750 The Game.